Metaphysics is going to have to be the quote-unquote religion of tomorrow. If it isn't, you're fucked. Totally and absolutely. Piece of shit. I think we got an episode titled that already. There's <laughs> an episode legitimately titled Pinky is a Piece of Shite. It's a late piece of shit, man. Hey, it's all good. We actually early, so I mean, considering when we usually do this, technically, technically you're early. early. Yeah, so that's that's a way to look at it. That's a way to look at it. Gotta so, be gotta be five to six hours earlier just to end up being thirty minutes late anyway. <laughs> That's an interesting. Man. That's that's still four and a half hours early. Yeah, <laughs> it still works. Uh, how was the week, man? It's pretty good, man. I got no complaints. Beautiful. How about yours? Excellent, quite excellent. Work is flowing in nice, in and out, very smoothly, which is what I like. You know, these jobs are coming in. And I'm fucking sweeping them right off the table in a day or two, <laughs> getting paid. It feels good to not have to drag shit along so far. And uh, this is something that I noticed recently. I've been seeing people talk about it. I've seen some memes about it. And in my own personal experience, it's been extremely true. So when you're doing graphics for people, usually, you know, especially when it's people you know, and people don't necessarily understand the value of the skill set. You know, they just don't see it as valuable work. You know, they like your stuff. They're like, oh, that's super cool. You know, can you do an album cover for me? Can you hook this up for me? And they got 50 bucks. And like, it's, it's cool for your folks and shit like that. But I don't think they really value that work. And they'll drag their feet. They'll ask you for all these changes. And can this be that way? Can we put some sprinkles on it and shit? And the whole time you're thinking, like, this is really not worth the price that I agreed to. But I'm going to hook you up. When you raise your prices... The people who you deal with seem to have a lot less tug of war going on with them. I tripled my fucking prices and they're like, yep, looks good. I'll PayPal you right now. I'm like, oh, okay, word. <laughs> no fucking, could you nudge this to the left a little bit? <laughs> could you change the colors on the cat? They're just like, oh yeah, this is dope. How much is it going to cost me again? Super easy, super simple. I like higher prices. Well, you, you know what it is, is 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 the other person agreeing that it's as valuable as it is so they're more you tend to be more appreciative if it costs something you know right. Right. if you give if you give people things on the low it seems cool and it seems nice but it's like i don't really see the value for what i'm getting so i feel okay to be like well shit since i'm really getting this shit undervalued anyway can you just go ahead and rearrange everything? <laughs> this other dude is like, look, I paid a lot of money for this. Let me just let him do whatever he thinks is best. Because right. that's what that, I'm yeah. technically paying him for. That's a beautiful feeling for somebody to leave that in your hands and not, you know, just try to walk you home and shit. He's <laughs> slow walking you to the end of this process. It's ridiculous, man. But, And I didn't have to. All I had to do was raise the prices. Yeah. And it was that simple. And it it... it priced out some people who who wanted work done but at the same time it's like i have to prioritize the people who are paying more this is just this is just objective reality you want me to work on something for an hour or two hours it's going to cost you 50 bucks this guy wants me to work on something for the same two hours and he's going to pay me 300 so where did you think i'm going to go 
right. like, sorry, I can't help you right now. You know what I've been telling people, which is I, I'm gonna admit. So any any of my homies who asked me for graphics, <laughs> and I suggested this to you, don't take it personally. But it was a real suggestion, but it is a little bit passive aggressive too. I tell them to go look on Fiverr. Fiverr is like, have you seen that website before? I've heard of it, but I'm not familiar. So they have all these people who do graphics and, you know, they're all over the world. And you go in there and you bid for all. You contact somebody who kind of looks like the stuff you want to do. And the prices start at $5. You know, you tell them I want a logo. There's like $5 I can give you this, which is basically some clip art or some shit they already made. And then it's like, if you want it changed, you want it a different color, that's going to be $10. If you want it bigger, you want me to remove this tail from the thing, that's going to be $20. So you just work your way up. Until you get to a product that you like, and you may end up spending around 50, 60 bucks anyway, the same 50 or 60 bucks you're going to give me. But this person is in a country where a, a dollar is like 40,000 of their currency. So, so they're a little bit happier, I guess. I don't know how they make it work for themselves. Either that or it's just because they uh, hustle on straight clip art. It's just getting, it's getting people to the point where everybody is outsourcing. Well, yeah. Like, yeah, look, yeah. just. Now the common man can exploit porn yep. desperation. <laughs> Yo, I guarantee, like the average person on Fiverr making money is, is is probably in India or some shit like like most of the places the people that you connect with on there are either in India or some Asian country or something like that. It's it's, it's wild, but they make it work. They make but there's it work. something there's something to be said for being able to do something that nobody else can do, though. Oh yeah, absolutely for sure. But for the people who I know who may not be taking this shit seriously. They may, they, they, which is why they don't value graphics because I mean, I can point to big companies who have, they pay thousands and thousands of dollars for their logos. And it's not because the skill level or the, or it's a design that nobody else could have done. It's just that the time and energy that it takes to make this stuff, to send out the idea that you want to send out, it co- it costs money. You know? People have to know how to do that shit. And, the ones I send to Fiverr, I feel like they may not necessarily, this might be a throwaway for them. Maybe they're making a mixtape or maybe they got a logo for a business that they will only sit with for six months and then they'll switch to something else. So 50 bucks for a logo is like, yeah, that's doable. When you raise your prices to four or $500, you have people who have more invested in taking it seriously and really doing what they said they were going to do with it. So it's like uh, they're more serious sometimes than you are because they have a bigger picture than just this image. I'm just giving them an image. They have a whole business plan attached to that. So they're taking it a little bit more seriously. But yeah, Fiverr's the place, man. Don't try to drag a, a graphic designer through a bunch of and when you can just go to this place, start at five bucks, work your way up. It's probably going to be clip art, but hey, <laughs> as long as you get what you wanted, you'll be happy. And most of them have been happy because they, you know, they're not paying hundreds and hundreds of dollars, dude. Fiverr is it's the shit. I looked at it a while years ago when I was like, how am I gonna hustle these graphics? I got on Fiverr, I signed up for it, I looked at all the little parameters and shit, and I was like, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. The only, the only way I could do it is if I took pictures and shit that I already drew, and that's all I sold. All I sold the shit that I already have, already drew, and the, and the only energy I'm gonna put into it is changing the colors for you. And even then, I don't know. I don't even know how they make it work. It just must be the rate of exchange. That's the only thing I can see that makes it worthwhile to an actual artist is the fact that you're in India and the rate of exchange is dope. Yeah. 
Yeah, I can't see any other way that 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 website is functional. <laughs> it's just, it lives on exploitation. I'm, well, I'm sure that I'm sure there's a lot of it, but if you if you're confident in what you're doing, um, you also got to see that as a as an expense um, that you're willing to put up because you believe in what you're putting out. Like it's worth spending 500 bucks on a super unique design. Because really, if you think about it, I mean, 500 bucks is like what? A PlayStation 5? Right. People buy a PlayStation 5. It's like, all right, this is going to waste time doing nothing. But it'll entertain me, and I'll have it. Very unlikely that it'll ever make me any money. But here's something that's wholly unique that is an artistic representation of what I'm trying to do. And I basically own it in the licensing in perpetuity. Like, right. I, I, this is mine. And I can monetize it however I want, potentially, you know, for five hundred bucks. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I, it's hard to argue with the value versus yeah. You if you pay a hundred bucks to get something that's done on a website that's generic. I mean, I think that, and that's why eventually people just figure out if I'm gonna do art, I'm gonna basically legitimize the artistic tastes of rich people. Because they'll pay me $300,000 to just do whatever the fuck I want. But they're like, this is my taste. Well, if they said that this is what is is fucking popping and they're willing to put up that much money for it, well, I guess they're in that world, so they must know better. Their tastes are so much more sophisticated. So, you know, if you Michelangelo, you you have to paint for the Pope. It's just how it works. Get Get that money, bro. Yeah, I'm not mad at it. Especially if it's something you're already doing. Like that's that's one of the reasons I don't uh, I don't advertise and try to get work when it comes to graphic design or any any of that shit. I, I just share my artwork, and I think the people who really resonate with it, they end up contacting me and asking my prices and stuff like that. And that those situations seem to work a lot better for me than you know, blasting out that I do graphic work. So if you need yeah. your logos, come holler at me. Because I think people sort of see that as desperation a little bit. It sucks, but I think that's how they see it. And they come to you with the lowball shit because they see you advertising yourself and, and pretty much asking for work. When people come to you like, yo, I noticed that your shit is dope. I like it. How much would you charge for this? Those people seem to be uh, easier to work with and more accepting of the prices that I give out. So right. that's that's the that's the model that I stick to. And I just want to do what I'm already doing. I don't really want to bend my shit to fit someone else's thing. Like if I do grungy textured images, I don't want you to hire me for some clean corporate logo and bend myself into that box to create something for you. Even if the money is good, I would rather somebody who sees my shit and be like, yo, I got a rock band. We need a dirty grungy logo and your shit's perfect. I'd be like, yeah, nice. Let's do it. I'm I'm not trying to uh, conform too much to what other people's. I, I'm willing to like ramp it down a little bit here and there, and but for the most part, I just want to do what I'm already doing. I don't really want to get out of that. Uh, not really a comfort zone. It's just where I'm exploring creatively right now. That's just where I want to be, and I don't want to take time away from building that skill, even if it is gonna give me some money. I want to stay in that creative space. So that's why I'm not advertising. But it's working, man. Raising the prices work wonders for my for streamlining the design process. (laughs) It worked wonders. So if you have a a hard time with the people you're working with, just raise your prices. Yeah, I feel like that's sound advice. (laughs) Just raise your prices. You're going to freaking price out a lot of people who would probably be wasting your time anyway. So fuck it. 
that's my uh one of my, my financial advice for today for for entrepreneurs and people who are, yeah raise your prices fuck it charge more that's what everybody else that's what everybody else is doing you want to keep the riffraff out <laughs> <laughs> gonna keep the shiftless riffraff. That's out a of you. way to frame it. Well, I don't agree with your framing. I, I, I Listen, the point. The point remains. There's a reason that there's a whole bunch of fights at Waffle House, but not a lot of fights at Salt Bay's restaurant. Yeah, there's a reason. Uh, you know, and it could be because dinner at Salt Bay is gonna cost you a thousand dollars. Right. <laughs> You're not going to risk getting thrown out over something stupid when you're paying $400 for a steak. Right. I'm going to eat the fucking steak. If you're paying a dollar for a cheese biscuit, you probably risk everything. Fuck it. Just punch him. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking punch him, yo. Who cares? (laughs) Nah, let them bitches fight, yo. Let them fight. So what? It's eight women in here. Just let them let them beat each other down. Who cares? <laughs> Three o'clock in the morning. I ain't got shit to do. Oh uh, yeah, that's that's terrible. Yeah, it is. It, it absolutely is. But uh, I see we got some. We've made some major developments here because we got race traders coming to life. So <laughs> anybody who's been sticking with us will probably maybe you'll remember us mentioning race traders but for anybody who's new and don't and don't remember it's a a company it's a company called race traders and i think it's absolutely genius it's a financial investment uh situation here to teach you what to do with your money and I, i love that shit i love the aesthetic i started working on the logo for it with the racing flag and shit (laughs) <laughs> Shift your financial future into high gear. I love it. All all of that shit. I, f- I feel like that could be a real world entity. It will probably confuse a lot of people, but I think it's just enough to make it interesting. Not to not enough to throw people off. I think I think um, that's what we do. We take we take one of these ridiculous business ideas, have like a little background beat for the advertisement and then just review all of the major points and put it out there and then if if you make like a YouTube of it have little accompanying visuals that go along with it like that's some that's some simple you know easy edit type stuff to you know what I'm saying and then and then you get the you know lusty burger there's got to be a lusty burger lusty but when I when I heard that sample, worried about the fear, uh, <laughs> worried about the fall of the stock exchange, I'm like, it's time to make the the race traders, <laughs> race traders background advertisement music. Mm. Yeah, and I'm gonna try to find every race car race pun I can find <laughs> to jam them into one infomercial. Your but money. I, I, I think shift your financial future into high gear is that that's that's good enough to be the real tagline. That's but we great. need yeah, we're gonna need like 30 more race puns to put in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever phrase, I would just start looking up racing phrases. Like, <laughs> position, overtake. Like I just I need all of them. <laughs> I need all of them. That shit's too uh-huh. good. And Lusty Burger. I'm just, Lusty Burger could put Hooters out of business today. <laughs> today. I, was, I was thinking about how you would have the ketchup dispenser and the mayonnaise dispenser. <laughs> just saying those words. 
I think there's something else cylindric that you could like yank on to get ketchup and mayonnaise out. Yeah, yank. You got to It's like a udder. Yeah. <laughs> you got to finesse you it out. If you want to put cream on your coffee, you got to squeeze little silicone titties yeah. on the oh, wall yeah. that that dispense milk in half and half. I'm down. Uh, I'm down. You ever you seen Clockwork Orange, right? Yeah. Remember the milk bar and, and Clockwork yeah. Orange? <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who hasn't seen that movie, uh, please Google Clockwork Orange Milk Bar. Just Google that for fun. I'm doing it right now just because I want to amuse myself. But yeah, it was called the, what is it? The Corova? The Corova Milk Bar. Dude. One of the best places you've never seen. (laughs) (laughs) If you didn't didn't read the book or know anything about the book, there's no way. There's no way um, to watch that movie and for it to make any fucking sense. Right. I even remember a, even a clockwork orange. Like, no, yeah, like, the whole a thing. Liable man. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to a person. You have yeah. to watch it five or six times to kind of really get what's going on. And even then you need like a you need a DVD commentary or something you from need behind. A translator. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I, I mean, I love the movie. It's it's absolutely amazing. But it's also one of those movies that um, I put it in the same category as uh, Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. Where it's good. I enjoyed it. It's well done. But I, I'm not probably never going to watch it again. <laughs> yeah, Requiem for a Dream it. was disturbing. I could I could only deal. I, I only watched it once. Yeah. Yeah. The double the double dildo scene is when I just mentally I just checked out. I'm like, this is horrific. <laughs> like you're showing just the total collapse of human beings and their dignity. And like this is this is the praise. And I remember the music being super just eerie and disturbing. Right. Like just disturbing metallic terror. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's a rough one. Right. I've only seen the dream was fucked up. Yeah. It didn't it didn't have one. one of the Wayne's brothers in there. Yeah, I think like, so. The Marlon movie started out like I'm thinking I had no idea what it was. So I'm like, oh, so this is gonna have some comedic shit. Like this will be an interesting. Is this a buddy comedy? What yeah. is this gonna end up being? Oh no! <laughs> it's oh a, no! It's like this buddy comedy <laughs> got dark. Wait. This is definitely not a buddy comedy, but it's a super well done. I mean, it's an amazing movie. Yeah. Yeah. I remember damn near every frame of it. And if I ever get the urge to watch it again, like, oh, yeah, that was good. And then you just start thinking about it and all these shots and scenes and ideas come to mind. And you're like, yeah, I ain't watching that shit again. Yeah. I'm not watching that shit again. It's a rough one, dude. And and what really screws you over in there is that you can't really judge anybody for their actions in that movie. So you feel bad for them. But part of you also knows they're getting what they deserve. It's like this really weird mixed feel. If that's what I got from it anyway, it's a super weird mixed feeling because you want to feel bad. Like, damn, this is a messed up life. But at the same time, they put themselves in these situations repeatedly and just kept. So it's like, it's almost what they wanted to a degree, even with the, even with the scene you were just talking about, even with that, it's like, yeah, she did all of this because she wanted to get high. Yeah. You didn't get victimized. You didn't get grabbed off the street. Like, no, you went and sought this out so you could get high. So it's like, uh, every everybody got what they wanted, technically. A whole bunch of old guys got to chant ass to ass. And you <laughs> you got to get baked at the end of it. So there's no ah. losers here. My favorite, oh, Keith David, though. Keith David in that movie 
is that's probably one of my favorite characters that he's ever played, and that's one of my favorite actors. I love this guy. No matter what he's in, he's hilarious. He's he's, he's just great. But in Requiem for a Dream, where he's the one guy who holds on to all of his dope in a drought because he knows that the drought is going to pull not just, you know, like street side prostitute sex workers. It's going to be regular women who just can't get high right now. And they're open to different, you know, methods of, of acquiring their high. So he just sits around and waits for droughts. And when the drought comes and she's like, what about that? I heard he has some. And the boyfriend's like, he ain't selling it. You know what he's doing? It's, yo, it's hilarious. It's, and, and don't get me wrong. I understand the power dynamic. And a lot of people would probably call that sexual assault. And I get all the connotation of that. Right. It's, it's horrific. For I get, sure. It's horrible. But in the context of a film where I know this isn't really happening, it's fucking hilarious, yo. I'm sorry. You say, yeah, I know it's pretty. But I didn't take it out for air. <laughs> he said, I know it's pretty. But I didn't pull it out for air. You got to get to work. Yeah, it's, it's a horrible movie, bro. Oh, Clockwork Orange, Requiem for a Dream. That's a pretty short list that I have that I'd never... Oh, a Serbian film. I'd never watch that again. I wouldn't even go to Serbia after seeing that movie. I, I never saw it. What's it called? It's called A Serbian Film. A Serbian Film. Yeah. That's the name of oh, it. And I thought you were just being vague. No, no, that's the name of it, a Serbian film. And it's one of those, uh, I, I admit, it's one of those shock horror movies. They go all the way over the top on purpose. They want to be like the band in 30 countries. Like I think that that's pretty much what they were going for. And oh, I've no. seen those. <laughs> I've seen those movies. I've seen the Faces of Death. I've seen all these crazy chop him up, saw, oh, he got his head ripped off in a machine, blah, blah, blah. I've seen it all. Serbian film? Bro. It, I, it's Too just, far? It's just at every possible opportunity, they go too far. And then when the end of the movie shows you that we're willing to go even further. That's how the movie ends. Yes, we've gone, we've gone too far this entire film, but watch this. Wow. <laughs> That's how it ends. Yep. It's I, I'll never watch it again. I would never suggest that anyone watch it. So, I mean, all the other movies, if you look on any reputable top 10 uh, band movies, top 10 worst, like all of those, every other movie on the list I've seen, and with the exception of a few, I'd probably watch again. Like, they're going to tell it, they're going to talk about, you know, uh, what's the Cannibal Holocaust and the old ones, and then there's a few newer ones with the torture and everything like that. But I would never suggest a human being watch a Serbian film. Wow. Yeah. And I went into it, you know, cowboy style. I was like, oh, I'm going to download the Red Band Director's Cut. I'm going to get that. Fuck it, you do that. Man, I'm going to mainline many... this movie. Fuck yeah, it. Yeah, take it straight up. Fuck that. And that's literally how I did it. I downloaded the Director's Cut. On you know the whole all of all the warnings you can put on the box, and I watched oh. that movie, bro, and I was just like, I, it, it was so bad. Like my first thought coming away from the movie was fuck Serbia, <laughs> <laughs> fuck Serbia as a country and as a record label, right. fuck and Serbia all, I just and fuck as you a studio as a concept, just Serbia <laughs> as a concept, <laughs> fuck you, bro. You produced this director. He put the name of your country in the title. I, I don't fuck with Serbia no more. 
right? And then it, it made these iconic images to be in tandem with the mention of your of your country. Right. Yeah. I don't, from now on, now, I don't fuck with Serbia, bro. If I ever meet a Serbian, I'm gonna be like, "Yo, you ever see a Serbian film?" <laughs> I need to know how you feel about that movie immediately before yeah, I smile. trust you and begin to possibly become friends. I don't know. Yeah, dude. I yeah. So I mean, I'm sure I, I've done the world a disservice just with my little monologue right there about the movie. Yeah, because I'm I'm gonna have to check in on it a little bit. Well, if you watch, there's there's gonna be some reviews. People talk about it on YouTube. So they'll probably say the things that happened in the movie that everybody talk about without actually showing it. So I'm sure you could get the shortcut to it. Uh, watch That'd a 10 probably minute be video. a healthier option. Oh, yeah. You watch a 10-minute video explaining the plot, what they do, how it goes, and all that shit. You'll get everything you need to get from it. But actually sitting through the movie was like, nah, son. Nah. It was. It was. I won't say it was a bad decision. I'm glad I know about Serbia now. But I'm, I'm glad I know what Serbia is fundamentally now, but I'd never watch it again. And that's about free. I got a pretty short list of those movies. Pretty short list. But yeah, don't watch a Serbian film ever. It's fucking horrible. And I feel like the guy who made it is, I don't think you can fake that kind of sickness. You know what I'm saying? There's a difference between Eli Roth making Hostel and whoever that guy is making a Serbian film. They're just different. And, and Eli Roth was going for that in Hostel. You know, the feeling, the whole vibe of the, the over-the-top weirdness and torture and shit like that. But it's just different. For some reason, there's something uh, kind of eerie about how far this movie goes and what they talk about and what the whole premise is. I just feel like that shit is, is something else going on in, in the director's mind. <laughs> He's, he's, he's something ain't something ain't right with that dude. Period. He, yes, that that movie could put him on the list. It may not actually send him, but he would be on the watch list for candidates for Violence Island. <laughs> wow, you want to watch this, buddy? Yeah, the gory. I, I never really dug movies with the gory violence. It's just it's disturbing, man. They're just I don't know, man. Even even in recreating it, like I know you obviously it's a movie, it's not real. But, you know, certain certain images, man, I just I, I try to stay away from. Yeah. Certain movies I just I'm like, nah, I'm not into it. Yeah, yeah. I like feel I went you. to even Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I would imagine is like mild, when they like rebooted it. Yeah. I don't know, it was maybe like 10, 15 years ago, one of those reboots. I'm just like, I'm just watching people just being <laughs> like just b- brutally beaten and chopped into pieces. Like, I don't know. Just being fed to a chainsaw, basically. Yeah, it just it feels it feels weird ingesting that imagery for entertainment. Yeah. You know, yeah. like at at all. Like even to visualize it, to think about it, it's like, oh, that's awful. You know, but I don't just want this in my imagination. I actually just want to see it. But I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm gonna, gonna get paid millions of dollars. Just pretend to do it. Just recreate and put it in people's consciousness. Let's just, oh, let's just all collectively watch this horrific trauma together for entertainment. Man, I feel like if uh, well, I, I know what you mean. Just because 
when I was younger, one of my first things that I really got like fixated on was movie magic. So when I was super young, I was something I used to, I was really into was I wanted to learn how to paint faces and, you know, do all that, all of that type of shit. So I still see a lot of that when I watch movies now. So it, it kind of washes over me differently than a yeah. person who doesn't have that type of uh, interest in the craft. So, so I see past it all. I'm all, I'm, I'm automatically wondering about how effects were done and, all the day yeah, how they made a look latex that way. for that and oh yeah that's the yeah there's a tube behind the knife that makes it look like you're bleeding and so it's just, it just hits me differently but i definitely understand because there's some stuff like there's a movie called um there's a movie called irreversible it's a foreign movie it has like a fucking nine minute rape scene in it yeah and shit like that it's like i don't want to watch that shit ain't no movie magic in that that's just torture in <laughs> the human psyche for nine minutes watching somebody struggle and get beaten and raped. It's like, nah, bro. And that's what I'm saying. You put a nine minute rape scene in your movie. Like, who, who, who are you? What are you doing? It's kind of weird. I kind of feel like you were working through something else. You could suggest a rape in a movie and get your point across. All you got to do is show shortcuts of a woman walking in the subway and some guys following her and you cut back and forth from one to the other and her looking over her shoulder. That's enough to tense most humans. You know, if you're not a psycho, that's enough to make you a little nervous right there. We don't no, have to the, watch it the, happen the, for nine minutes. The prolonged, disturbing, uncomfortable rape. Yeah, it was a horrific scene. Yeah. So did you, did you see that? Oh, yeah, it was horrible. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then there's, like, the moments of, like, her still crawling by herself, like, after the dude leaves. I'm like, this is horrific. It's on the cover of some of the marketing. Like the the cover is that scene, either the guy pressed over her or her walking down that alley. That's that's like his favorite part of the movie, bro. Yeah. I know. Thanks. I'm good. I'm good on that. And it's ain't. Oh, also, there's a uh, there's a scene in there where a guy gets beat to death with a fire extinguisher too, right? I don't know. I never saw the the whole uh, the whole video. I only saw the rape scene. Oh, so you, okay, you watched the highlight reel. It's, 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 it's like, <laughs> remember that chick from the Matrix that was sexy as fuck? Here, watch this. Ten minutes. You'll love Here's it. Here's this horrific thing. Like, oh. this isn't, you know, this isn't a fun sex scene. This isn't <laughs> going to be entertaining. This is going to be. So, but I think about something like that, and I'm like, okay, on the, like, the worst end, worst scenario like it is just I'm getting off on this and you know I can just go ahead and create this right and and so but this is it's glamorizing it why would you want to depict something so um like visceral and real and horrific um but there's something to be said about like um like capturing like the just the, the brutality you know right. what i mean like when people talk about rape casually you know, and I'm fuck. I'm guilty of it. I joke about it all the time. It's horrible, but in, in a real, you know, in a real, to really, you know, like it's it's horrible. So this person is forever gonna be traumatized by that. Like it's gonna, it's indelible in their psyche. Yeah, irreversible. Like, you know, right. So it's almost like there's people. I'm sure, of course, that that's rooted in reality for them, and they have to process it and deal with it, and um. I guess if you never been through it or you never, you know what I mean? Like it, it, 
maybe there's something, an argument to be made for why um, it's important as like a civilizing mechanism for us. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, to just see it, like human beings, like I think the value could be extracted from human beings who never had to go through that to to be confronted with it. You know, it, it makes it real. You know what I mean? Like, I guess it could be a creepy, pervy thing. And I guess it could also be something like we're, for other people that, it, you know, you're going somewhere in your mind that you normally wouldn't have go. I don't know, man. Yeah. Like film films are, are weird like that. It's, it's some powerful sorcery shit, man. Yeah, that's hard. Powerful man. sorcery type shit. And that's the only type of movies this guy makes. You know, the person who made that Gaspar No, everything he does is like super sexual, weird, like it, oh, all of them. Maybe, maybe he's a, a creeper. <laughs> yeah, he could be a creeper. Yeah, I can't but him all of them are not. There's one. Oh man, what's the one that's actually really good? I gotta figure this out now. Cause I wanna I don't wanna just drag his name through the mud and talk about a nine minute rave scene. <laughs> I wanna I gotta give this man his uh Nah, I'm sure prop. if you go somewhere in his filmography, he's got like a buddy cop movie. He's, I don't know about got, that. He's got, <laughs> <laughs> if it's a buddy cop movie, there are different kinds of buddies. <laughs> <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's I dare you. I dare you, buddy cop. <laughs> I dare you to look love me for the rest of your life. Like, yeah, right, so, so it's kind of like Miami Vice and kind of like Beverly Hills Cop and then all it just it takes a turn. Yeah. <laughs> like one of the partners is really aggressive. It's a hard left. There's a, <laughs> there's a nine minute scene in there with him. <laughs> oh, taking a shower after the you know, working out in the boxing gym, getting all sweaty. I like to break my partner. <laughs> So <laughs> this this year's most anticipated cop buddy comedy from the people that brought you a Serbian film comes <laughs> <laughs> a sexually aggressive tour de force. A sexually oh, aggressive boy. tour de force. I'm I'm, I'm I'm angry that that's never been said about a movie before. It's just called partners. That's all you got to partners. <laughs> Two cops at the Mexican border. <laughs> These big bushy mustaches. Oh my uh. gosh, dude. <laughs> Wait, that was got legs. That was got legs. I guarantee you, we could get funding for that. <laughs> and they're just all diesel and macho and got big old fucking cowboy hats and shit. Fuck it. Yeah, I get brown partners. Oh, <laughs> you got my six. I got your six. Oh God. <laughs> Forever. I got your six any day. I love it. So he also has a movie called <laughs> Enter the Void, which is pretty dope. Uh, wait, the rape, the rape film guy? Yeah, it's called yeah. Enter the Void. Oh yeah, no, you Stop know what? It. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, but this one is uh, he he called it a psychedelic melodrama, and it's about it's basically about uh, somebody getting killed and having an out-of-body experience and while having this out-of-body experience it floats around the city 
goes into different rooms and sees people's, you know, snapshots of people's lives, hotel rooms and all of this kind of stuff. And it ends with the spirit of the person. Well, I don't want to ruin it. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen this, it's a good movie. Go watch it. And I'm about to spoil it. Okay. So here we go. It ends with the person who had died at the beginning, had an out of body experience. He ends up going into uh, the room of two people uh, who were like banging. And I think it might be, if I'm not mistaken, it might be his sister was banging somebody else. And they show the, the internal CG footage of the penetration happening. And the ejaculation is shown from the internal perspective. And then the person who had the outer body experience becomes almost like becomes one of the sperm consciousness and gets into the egg and is it's alluded that he's reborn through him through his sister after his uh out of body experience and he died it's an amazing fucking film the way it's shot the the idea in itself is is amazing to watch it be performed out on screen but the shit that this out of body entity experiences throughout the film is that it's in uh, i think it's in japan so there's a lot of debauchery going on. And he's like just floating through random hotel rooms and seeing what's going on. So it's completely just an excuse. Because you would have had to just been a creeper. Yeah, right. right. You just have to be a voyeur creeper to see all of this with supernatural powers. So instead, he just made him a dead guy floating around the city waiting for an opportunity to be reborn and shit. But it's, it's pretty dope. It's a good movie. It's definitely a vehicle for a lot of weird sex and weird situations. But it is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. I'll give him that much. And I'm pretty sure the rest of his movies are just all about banging. As far as I know. He, he's redeemed himself a little bit, so we officially um, are not going to consider him a rape weirdo. Right, right. You made you made a really creeper, creepy film, but it had some cool shit at the end. So yes. You're redeemed. You're not a total rape weirdo. Yeah, and I watched it guy. on acid, too. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> which is, which I'm pretty sure is the suggested way to view this film. I watched it on acid like I was supposed to, and it, it was amazing, absolutely amazing, dude. You can't tell when you're tripping or it's just the way the movie's made. You know, it's, it's just it blends everything because the movie's made in a psychedelic fashion too. So when you're watching it, you don't know which part is you and which part's the actual film. Mm. So I had a great time, great time. I think maybe let me see what else he's got. I think that may be the only two movies. Yeah, Enter the Void. I think those may be the the only ones that I've seen of his. Enter the Void and Irreversible. But yeah, there is a great scene for anybody who doesn't want to watch. He also has a movie, a short film called Sodomites from 1998. I don't think I want to see that one. But anybody who wants to watch uh, Irreversible, if you if you don't want to see the nine-minute rape scene. There's a, also a scene where a man gets beat to death with a fire extinguisher. So, oh, okay, let's give a little bit more context to that, just because we're talking about Gas- Gaspar No here. In that film, a guy goes into a bar asking questions. I think he, he's the boyfriend of the woman who was raped, and he's trying to find out who may have had something to do with it. So he goes there talking shit, He's you know, and he's in the wrong place to be talking shit, clearly. So he gets snuffed from behind. He gets knocked out. And a guy comes up behind him while he's knocked out on the ground and the guy starts taking his pants off. So your punishment for coming in this club and getting knocked out was also going to be to get raped. 
there's, yeah. there's more rape in the film. Because that was just a rape threat. One wasn't enough. Oh, was okay. Threat. Yeah, he didn't actually. I, get... I didn't know if it was implied that he carried, you know, carried no. on. No, because that the the one who was gonna do the raping is the one who got beat to death with the fire extinguisher. Oh. Yeah, because he, you know, they beat the guy up, they knock him out, and then he's like, "Yeah, guess what I'm gonna do now?" And he starts taking his clothes off, and I guess he wasn't paying attention, and uh, the guy woke up from his knockout, and uh, oh no, his friend comes in, so he's he's sitting on top of the guy about to do his business, and his friend comes in from behind and hits the guy in the head with a fire extinguisher and beats him to death. And what what country is this movie? Uh, is it French? I want to say I, I'm not. I think it's French. I think it's in France. If I'm not mistaken, I think it's in France. But yeah, I mean, the, the movie's worth it to watch the guy get beat to death with a fire extinguisher. To watch a potential rapist get beat to death with a fire extinguisher. It's good. And it's pretty long and drawn out, too. It's way longer than it has to be. Right. For the, to way really longer. make sure the brutality of the fire extinguisher resonates. Oh, yeah, yeah, because he takes like three or four minutes to beat the guy to death with it. And the camera's like right on his face. And he waits like 35, 40 seconds between each hit. <laughs> He's like, you know, not but, dead yet. <laughs> but, doesn't, but doesn't it kind of, you know, make you appreciate? Because people complain about Hollywood. Like, oh, that's so phony. That's not how it really would be in real life. Some of this shit just needs to be told in a story way. It's better for you. Like, look, if we... If we showed you the whole brutality, see how disturbing it would be to you if we showed you the prolonged fire extinguisher beating? Like just, you know, Tarantino, right. quick movie magic, over-the-top violence, people are gone. You know, yeah, that's not how it would be in real life. In real life, it takes way longer to chop somebody's head off right. or to beat them <laughs> to death. You really got to sit there for a while. Yeah, I'd much rather have a Quentin Tarantino movie or a Robert Rodriguez movie yeah. where you get shot with one bullet and seven gallons of blood comes out, fucking your head explodes. I'd rather see that than to watch somebody slowly get pummeled to death yeah. in, their, in their skull crushing it. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Dude. The pacing for murder and rape needs to have movie magic. Yes. It, it needs, to, for the sake of the narrative and the mental health of the, the audience, it's just better. Yeah. Just tell the story quickly. And I, I, for one, opt for, I think, uh, all the rest of the torture and, like, shit from Saw where people laser off your body parts and all that shit, I think we can all enjoy that. We can spill our popcorn and go, oh, oh, that's fucked up, all that kind of shit. And when I said spill your popcorn, that was definitely a plug for AMC. Everybody start going back to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Which you got for free if exactly. you're a shareholder. So we can we can all enjoy that and cheer it and shit like that because it's not happening to us. But I feel like uh, the, the rape and shit like that and that you can just imply that. Let's just do the cutaway scene and the crying in the shower or something like that. We don't want to. We don't need to see any long drawn out, fantastical fucking brutal rape scenes. I think we're good on that as a race. Yeah, it's just not as sexy a... <laughs> as you think it would be. Yeah, and it, it definitely should put you on a list. You know what I mean? I feel like what what is it that you're really trying to show us here? Like I don't this doesn't look like a, a cautionary tale or like she didn't roll over and kill the guy or uh, something something's got to happen. We can't just have a full uh, a full rape to completion on film. Like what are we doing, buddy? Like no retribution. We need this guy to get kicked to death right at the end of this scene or in the middle of it or something. Like we need something to happen. 
And if you like that actress and you Googled her name on Pornhub and you came to that scene, you found out it wasn't sexy. It's not what you thought you were going to find. Wait, hold on, hold on. Okay, so is that the is that how you watch the highlight reel? I'm not <laughs> saying that's how I found out about the movie. I'm saying I could see oh, that it'd be a common way. Like, damn, that bitch is sexy as fuck. I wonder if she, if she got her titties out in any of these movies that she's been in. Oh. Let's let's look for some some Bella Lici or whatever her name is. Let's let's look for some titties. Monica oh Belushi. my God, what have I found? This is horrific. This isn't even a little sexy, and you don't really see any titties. How did this get on Pornhub? Dude, people are putting. I'm just saying that, that may how somebody. You see, you see how someone could stumble across it unintentionally. Wow, so they're putting rape scenes from films on Pornhub. That's, okay, that's a little degenerate. Uh, it, well, it's its own, yeah, man, if you haven't, if you haven't checked in on Pornland, it's, it's nothing but degeneracy. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, you... I don't know how I feel, okay, so if, if you just film a porn scene, I don't think that's necessarily degenerate in and of itself. But to clip out a rape scene from a movie and put that on a porn site, that is that kind of disturbs me a little bit. Yeah, but that, it's its own it's its own genre. It's it's movie rape scenes. It's its own genre. Wait, how, okay, wait. So I know uh rape simulation is a genre. Yes. But rape scenes from movies by themselves. Yeah, it's in the category. There's a whole bunch of scenes. There's an entire... Some people make compilation videos. Oh, my God. Where it's like a mixtape of movie rapes. How? One after the other. A mixtape of rape? That's, That's not a cool people phrase. People are really into... <laughs> now, listen. I'll, I'll watch porn every now and then. I try not to make a habit of it. But every now and then. Because I, I recognize, like, this is just people living out their trauma. It's kind of... You know, it's fucked up. But every once in a while, you know, I check in. And, yeah, they got there's categories for everything. There's, there's, I got stuck in a dryer porn. Oh, well, yeah. I, I just, I got stuck in a dryer. I got stuck under the bed. I can't get out. Oh, no, I'm stuck in this doggy door. But bitches are just, bitches are just getting stuck and it's just casually going along with whoever shows up. Oh, well, I see that you're stuck. It's its own thing. And they just, they can't get out of is the that, dryer. Is they that... try as they might. Is that also rape? Oh, yeah. It's. But it, for the first 30 <laughs> seconds, and then they seem to really enjoy it, is the flow of the movie. Okay. But yeah, so... it's its own, getting stuck is its own thing now. But where, where I draw the line is like, okay, I'll check it. But I couldn't, I'm not, I don't give a fuck about it enough to want to make the mixtape. Maybe, maybe when you were a kid and you had to pass around VHSs, like, yo, I got pulled all this shit off of Showtime. This, you, you let me, I'll let you hold this tape. You know, you can, this jerk tapes, maybe when you're a kid, when you're older, to sit around and edit the compilation, the best of for, for porn shit, and nah, it's, it's too much. Or if you make comments, and I don't want to be too judgy here, if you're in the comment section having conversations about it, it's almost as bad as the um as like bitch shoot with anti-Semitism. Mm. Like when you get on some of the <laughs> the comment threads, it's like this is the most pathetic shit I've ever read. Who's reading this shit? Oh, I'm reading it. But I'm not participating, I'm just reading it because it's fucking hilarious. 
I it's hilarious. It's a dramatic reading of some of the Pornhub uh, chat exchanges. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love BitChute. BitChute is, you know, I took a screenshot. I got to find it. It was it was just great. It's great the way and they and they all hate somebody, but they fight amongst each other about not hating enough on certain things. Like they're all they're all out hard like and out woking each other, you know, mm-hmm. like if that that's a thing. This is like out hating. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh dude, you're not real. You don't hate these motherfuckers enough. Let me wow. tell you. Let me break it down. It's hilarious, man. Not hating enough. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. I mean, I love what they're doing over there. I think they should keep it up. I think uh, I think you guys should speak even more candid. Don't hold back, bro. Yeah, Don't hold back. Out. Yeah, let it all out. The world needs to know. The world needs to know. And until you until you embrace your hate and really let it spew hot fucking diarrhea lava all over the place, nobody's ever going to take you seriously. So don't bite your tongue. Don't use euphemisms. Just say what you really feel. On say, say what you feel. Just say it. That should be Bitchute's tagline. Say what you feel. <laughs> and if you don't feel enough, feel more. Hey, get madder. Get madder. I love it. Yeah, just scrolling through. You don't even got to watch that many videos on Bitchute. Just go to the front page and scroll through it and read the titles and shit. That's, that's amusing enough. I fucking love it. I love how the, the aliens and the juice seem to be the two things that we need to worry about the most. And depending on who you ask, they could be the one and the same. Mm. Well, I, I think the alien shit is bullshit, man. I you think you don't believe in the UFOs, man. No, man. What? Everything they're doing now is they're completely full of shit. It's some, Oh, look over here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Aliens. Yeah. The whole time they've been real. They just <laughs> lost. get the fuck out of here. Stop. Whole time. It. Whole time. I don't believe you. All time. We've been hanging out with them. Well, they haven't said anything too outrageous yet. It's, it's UFOs. They're unidentified. So we at this point, we would have to say the footage itself is not real because they haven't made any claims on what it is. So I don't think they're leading people too much. They definitely give them something to be distracted about. The pilots and all that shit who talk about it seem to be pretty adamant about the shit being real. The last, the last guy I talked to told me that he thinks it's just uh, foreign countries who have better technology. You know, that's. <laughs> I mean, in his defense, he's a cis white male, so everything kind of goes back to China. He thinks it's just you know Chinese drones or something like that. And I'm like, bro, if China got drones that's moving like these pilots say these things is moving. You might as well just wrap it up. Nah, not at all, man. I I I, I think it's bullshit. I, I mean, maybe maybe China could produce something, but most of the shit that China does is just reverse engineering and stealing tech technology that's really developed here. So I don't know. I haven't seen you know evidence of a lot of innovation, but maybe maybe they were able to master something, you know, that hitherto for has not been done. Maybe, but I think I think it's bullshit. I think it's it's, it's disinformation. It's wow. just. Put put the idea out there that there's some shit and nobody knows where it is or what it is, with the implication being like, yeah, bitch, it's us testing our shit. We got some shit you don't got, bitch. Listen to these news reports. <laughs> so you think they the government has purposely 
manufactured these tapes and images and strategically released them to the public as a distraction. Listen, we're living in a time where a dude cannot be Tom Cruise, do a deep fake, and become Tom Cruise, and it pretty much looks legit. Like, wow. The ability to edit and, you know, that's incredible. Wow. What have we have done with technology? To the point where you could have just about anything on video and people could deny it. Nope. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. It's not me. It's the technologies. They've, they've made it appear as if it is me. But then all this UFO shit, it's the same shit we've been seeing since the city. Look at this. Look at this light <laughs> on this black and white. You, you know, uh, UAV fucking whatever, the, you know, whatever recording device. Get the fuck out of here. Stop it. Shut up. That's, no. No. Oh, you saw a UFO. No, bitch, you saw some grainy shit on a radar. I'm looking at this shit. I'm like, really? Yeah, we'll just fall for anything. <laughs> it's a, we have the ability to make fake Tom Cruises, <laughs> but... We're all like, yo, aliens are here. Did you see that black dot on that black and white pilot video? Fuck that. <laughs> no, come, I don't believe it. Pilot planes don't have the same cameras as the Mars rover. <laughs> <laughs> Just strap uh, an iPhone to the front of the jet at this point. That would probably get off. you better footage than the shit that's installed on these jets. Why do we have $100 million flying killing machines and they're shooting video footage on a fucking potato? Yeah, I mean, I would, I would guess that it's probably a more cost-effective and reliable technology. That, that that's, that's why they have it. Like, you, you got $40,000 bombs strapped right, to the side of it. They're all right, going to well, do is well, explode. Right, the, but, the more, but the more sophisticated you make something, I think the more potential you're going to have issues with it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. if you've got something that's a less sophisticated version that maybe holds up a little better and is easier to repair for, you know, prolonged usage, I, I could get it. I could make sense of it. But yeah, we got to make sure the bombs get to the right place. So, I mean, they, they have to have all those, the bells and whistles that they need. On the bombs, so they make do sure their... we kill efficiently but as far yeah. as getting footage and taking readings like let's just dial that back no to no high no. school calculator yeah technology. we can't <laughs> <laughs> just... those little those little handheld video games yeah, with the little, exactly. the little tiger games yeah, yeah. little casino the you right. gotta jump over the alligator yeah let's play some pitfall right. and then at six years old you're like wait a minute this shit is just lighting up in a different place there's no animation <laughs> there's no real there's nothing really happening here this is a trick. Oh. This isn't a game. Yeah, that is pretty hilarious, though. That is pretty funny. But hey, I like. We'll, we'll so I don't believe it, man. Fuck we'll that. Play. I don't believe it. Hey, look. I just wanna. I just want AMC opened up again, so we can start going back to the movies and watch Independence Day and all. Of, I want to watch the Alien movies at the yeah. theater. Let's get that price up over five hundred dollars in the next. <laughs> And you know that the, nothing would have to do with going to the movies is going to move that stock at all. Well, I mean, I, I, I love how they're on on uh, the YouTube saying that shit though. They're trying to like really make it seem, oh, you know, there's they're buying additional assets, they're managing their debt. Bitch, <laughs> it's never been over thirty dollars. You trying to give me this value analysis? No, bitch, it happened because of the apes. 
the people that aren't bulls, they're not bears, they're just fucking apes. Apes strong together, people just buying shit in solidarity. That's it. That's the only fucking thing that's changed. Like, why why not just be completely honest about that? Everybody's full of shit. Apes up, hedges down. Listen, <laughs> and I'm not mad. I'm not mad because I'm up 300%. I'm not mad. Yeah, Go. Do, do whatever you're going to do. But just stop. Stop with the... I saw them have a meeting with the, the CEO, and that dude is just totally embraced this shit. Oh, so you've... You guys have made me a billionaire. Really, yeah. I thank you. So yeah. whatever. Well, you got free popcorn. Fuck it. Let's do it. You get out of it. It's it's basically styrofoam spray painted with with butter chemicals. It's it's dirt fucking cheap. Butter chemicals. It's, it's dirt fucking cheap. You could have one. I'm worth I'm worth four hundred and sixty two billion dollars right now because I've been getting paid in fucking stocks since you know I, I started this gig since I was just taking tickets before I was the CEO, back when we used to check tickets. I love it, though. I love it. I feel yeah. like that that's what they should do because the culture around the people who are keeping this shit alive, that's the shit they'll appreciate. You know what I mean? I feel like AMC, yeah. these movies, that, that's the future. AMC should open itself up to that community in that way. Free popcorn would be amazing, especially like free popcorn for stockholders. So you feel like VIP when you come in, you get your free popcorn because you can show your stock on Weeble and shit. So, so they just give you free popcorn, all the regulars, all, all the normies standing around looking at you like, how come he gets free popcorn? And you could just walk by him and be like, I'm a part owner, bitch, mind your business. Right. It should start showing fucking Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Like, who cares, bro? Show, show what, show what the people want to see. We want to see they live on a big screen. Mm. That's what we want to do. Instead of doing all of this fucking, we don't want to see these rom coms and yeah, put them in there, make your money, so the guy can take his lady on a date. We want to see Fast and Furious defy all the rules of reality. <laughs> we want to watch that shit. Part twelve, keep them coming. But <laughs> yeah, fucking, who cares? They've been dead since part three anyway. They're just existing in limbo. None of those people are alive. They're, they've been dead this whole time. So we want to see classics. We want to see cult classics. We want to watch wild shit that other people don't give a shit about because we're in, in that cult that loves it. We want to go there at midnight and watch a fucking horror movie. Like, we don't want to just be held to the standards of what Hollywood wants to feed us. We want to go watch. We want to we have our local AMC play season one of The Incredible Hulk every Wednesday. We want to go watch an episode of The Incredible Hulk season one every Wednesday. That that's that's what that's the type of theater we want to engage with, not just the new Tom Cruise movie. If they took that type of, I think if they took that type of uh, business model and made it more into that psychological playground for people, bring back that nostalgia, free popcorn for stockholders and shit. Every I think the thing, one of the things that killed movie theaters, other than the streaming and everything else is the prices on all the extras that made it yeah. not worthwhile. That's why streaming won so fast. Because it's like, yeah, I'm going to pay 20 bucks to go to the movies per person or some shit like that. Now i got to also pay $25 for popcorn, oh, $11 for a drink. It's like, are you fucking stupid? You, and if you got kids, you easily can spend 150 100. bucks going to the movie Easy. theater. Easy. Easy. 100 bucks. It, it doesn't make any sense. You're giving me syrup with seltzer water. It's right. gonna cost me nine dollars for a cup of it, and you're gonna fill up the cup three quarters with ice, you stingy bastard. This is not the movie theater we want to engage with. 
Uh, my mom used to sneak shit in all the time. Yeah, see? Yo, Reese's, Reese's Pieces are three for a dollar. So we're going we gonna to hit up the store before we go to the movie theaters. I ain't paying fucking five dollars. Well, we want abundant, opulent movie theaters. I want to go in there. I want there to be a fucking M&M vending machine and that don't even have packs of M&Ms in it. It's just filled with M&Ms. And you just put a dollar in and you get a movie drink-sized cup and fill it with M&Ms. Like, fuck it. Just give it all away. Give it all away. Make the movies be regular price or whatever price it was. And everything else should be a lot cheaper because it's all garbage anyway. It's nothing but corn syrup and dye. That's it. That's all it is. Corn syrup and dye. 90% of the shit that they're selling you. The hot dogs are unprovable meat. Don't charge me $7 for this fucking... Yeah, dude. The the, <laughs> you, you know what? It, it's, the, it's the paint for the Pope principle. Creating, creating something for people who have the most money to throw at it. Right. And yeah, there should be like a sophisticated segment. Like I like that track that you were on about you know, having like some niche theaters within the, you know, the whole experience where maybe there's a premium and it's like certain guests and you pay a monthly fee and you're part of it and, right. you know, and they show whatever that they want. Like it's organized, almost like you'd rent it out to groups who want to engage in that and they're kind of paying to own that theater for that time. You know, Co-op. you show whatever you want. I'm sure there's a whole bunch of people, survivalists that want to give, you know, lectures you know, well, instead of well, fuck the projector, we're gonna have this giant ass AMC screen behind. Oh, us. We're gonna watch Red Dawn, and I'm gonna tell you how not to get overtaken right. by the commies. <laughs> <Right. motherfucker. laughs> yeah, just think about that. And they stop in the middle of the film. See, and this is yeah, people could give commentary. Yeah, like a culture where people want to get together to do that kind of stuff. Right. Like a, appeal to that um, that movie buff, comic book kind of you know. Yep. fandom that would that would love to engage in shit like that. That's yep. smart, man. And yep. also, too, I, I heard, you know, what they're looking into is having, you know, and who knows how safe this would be, but, like, chemicals and mists of water, you know, like how it's they do the right. universal the five, rides. 4D, they call it or something, 4D right. experience. Eh, that might, I don't know, maybe, possibly. For, well, yeah, or I think virtual reality. A, they gotta do something for where, it, yeah. Yeah, you can't get this experience anywhere else it's a premium maybe you spend 25 dollars for a ticket instead of 10 dollars or whatever yeah man something something like that i mean yeah there's there's a lot and they have enough money now that i guess they can try to get into something but it's 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 the whole culture around movie going you know is it's not really a thing like that man like it was 50 years ago or 60 years ago so, yeah, they got to do something differently. But in the meantime, it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter what they do. It yeah. doesn't matter if, if people went to AMC right now and the first thing they do is they they soft serve a, a shovel of shit right into a cone and hand it to you and say, <laughs> welcome to AMC. It wouldn't matter. It has nothing to do with the stock price. <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter. It's going to go up because of gamma squeezes and short squeezes, and that's all there is to it. And I want my $30 million. Just Immediately. Give, give me my money. Immediately, get it, get right, just fucking cut the check. I did my part. I bought the stock. I bought the stock. I held it, and I prayed for the for the deep, excruciating pain of the hedges. I did my part. Now I want my money. Pay me. Pay me big. Right. Pay (laughs) Pay me to go away. Would they lose fucking thirty, forty billion last week? Nah, not that much. I think it was like it was like between three to five last week. Yeah, last week. Okay. 
I think it was like around three billion. If I'm oh, not maybe mistaken. I was thinking about next week. Fucking hedgies <laughs> lose it all. <laughs> but still, like we're talking about it. Like they didn't lose thirty billion. They lost three. Three billion is a huge amount of fucking money. <laughs> not enough to, to be right. And my understanding is they opened up more short interest. Yeah. So as long as the uh, the the interest is there for the shorts, then fuck it. Is is they're obligated to at some point to buy. Yeah, you know, and, and this is not me uh, despising wealth or hating these people. Not, the only thing I dislike is how they've insulated themselves from the rules and regulations that the rest of us have to live by. I don't like how they can. Uh, they, it's just things open to them to exploit certain situations. And it's not like you got to remember when a company crashes and they short that shit to death and they make hundreds of billions of dollars on the way down, they kind of expedite it. Like you said before, it's something that was probably going to happen, but they expedite it. They make it happen a lot faster. And when it does happen faster like that, the greed trickles down. People end up not getting their pensions. People get fired. They lose everything. Sometimes when you trickle down low enough, to regular employees who just show up for work tomorrow, sometimes they don't even know what's happening until the doors close. So they don't even right. have a chance to put a new plan into action or figure out what I'm going to do now, where I'm going to work at. They just come to work and the door's locked. And that's just garbage behavior while, while other people are celebrating and cashing big checks and getting bonuses and shit. I just don't like the, the wall that they've built between uh, people having access to wealth. I think that shit's whack. I think they deserve to be punished. And I think the best way that they can be punished is how they're being punished right now. I think that's the ideal way to punish these people by us being uh, financially uh, informed, sound investors. That's how we can punish them. We buy the shit that they're trying to short and we hold it till the price goes up and then we make money instead of them. And I don't, you know, I don't want to bum rush their houses and fucking put them on a pike. I just want to hurt their pockets and enrich ours in the process. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's beautiful. It's it's there's nothing else to be said about it, it except positive things. It's it's a beautiful arrangement, and um, if you think too, like um, in in making that transfer of money, you know, it's it's not like it's punitive just for the sake of being punitive. It, you know, even if you're accelerating the the demise of a company and you're going to make money off of it, right? It's another thing to do that legitimately. You know, the financial instrument is created. Shorting is a thing. That's not breaking the rules. But when there's no oversight and you're selling shares that you borrowed that never existed and pocketing real money from shit that didn't even exist, then you're a fucking criminal. Fuck you. That That's different. Then I don't feel bad for people you know, organizing themselves in such a way to, and think about that too, like all the people that would have got fucked over by AMC going out of business, like the internet's a game changer in that you can spread that information so that anybody that was potentially going to be fired by working in AMC, by being aware of the short squeeze, it's like, I just made a whole bunch of money where it doesn't matter to me if I lose my job at AMC or not, because right. I have access to information where, you know, Wall Street may be trying to accelerate my company from going out of business, but because I'm in the know, I'm going to enrich myself to a point where it doesn't even matter. I love it. Let it not go, let it go out of business. So what? I made enough money from this that it won't matter. Right. And, and everything 
of course, other than, you know, the stock price going to $100,000. But if this is done consistently with investors and people learn how to catch those waves, all it does is empower people. The hedge funds don't really lose because we don't have enough. The retail investor doesn't have enough power or capital to, like, really fuck them over and put them out of business. But we have enough to slow, uh, to, to lessen the amount to change that they're their able, behavior. Right. And lessen the amount that they're able to extract you know, without any regulation, we get some of that. So they can't keep taking, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars out of the market every year. They, they can't keep doing it because they get, keep getting caught with their hand in the cookie jar. <laughs> right. I was laughing at the, the last episode when I was putting it up. We were talking about, you know, two people holding a cookie jar, staring at each other. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the dopest image because it's like you've been doing this for so long. I just got here. So, you know, how do you want to how do you want to move forward with this? I think we should both just keep eating the cookies, bro. That's that's the easiest fix for both of us. It's just let's just both keep eating. And I think I love the place where this is going. Access to wealth is different, man. From here moving forward, I just feel like people ain't having it. They're not going to play these games. How long was it? Do you remember what the last because that short squeeze you were talking about with who was it? Ford? Volkswagen. Volkswagen had the short squeeze. So. That was in 2008? I think so, but I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure it was in the 2000s. So between 2008 and GameStop, how many times has something astronomic, you know, short squeeze like this? I don't think it's happened very many times. I'm not aware of it, but um, I mean, the one one on Volkswagen was the only one I can find that people were bringing into memory. So that might have been the biggest one in recent memory. I got to think that it's a thing. You know what I mean? That I mean, if there's a term for it, it probably happens more than we think. Right. Yeah, well, either way, the point is, I, I haven't seen or heard a lot of them, about a lot of them since that happened. And like, I did see the news on Volkswagen too. Somebody brought it up in an article. But the fact that that one happened in 2008, and then, you know, I'm sure there could have been a few more, but then this major one with GameStop last year, and then again this year with AFC, like the succession of this shit happening is starting to get a little closer together. People are s- starting to read the fundamentals a little bit more and read the papers and see who's buying what and where's it going. And I could see them uh, reeling that back and kind of closing. So because sh- short reports aren't coming out. I mean, I think people are blocking short reports now for certain things. So they can definitely try to reel it back and keep the information away from people. But they're not going to stop doing it. And if there's ever any way to figure out what they're doing and when they're doing it, they're going to get caught the same way. They're going to get caught slipping. And maybe the hype might not be as big, but the people who are plugged in, who made some money from it and all that, they're going to be looking for this shit forever. Yeah, and I, I think probably what happened, I mean, my understanding in the Volkswagen thing is there was a, just a couple of companies like Porsche and some others that never planned on selling any of their stock at any point. So it didn't matter to them if it was worth a lot or if it was worth nothing. They wanted to maintain interests in Volkswagen as a company. So they didn't plan on 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 selling it. So even the ability to generate it probably was more so in the hands of giant institutions like that or pension funds or, you know, talking about huge amounts of money that's invested in a company limiting the number of shares that are available. But I think what's probably new is regular retail investors being able to spot the short interests and then 
become an entity like Porsche was to the Volkswagen um, short squeeze to where there's just a block of enough people with unified interest to not sell under any circumstance that's going to create those same circumstances that may be just a few shareholders by a few major companies and one company could do the same thing. And I would imagine that's probably how it's happened more so in the past. But uh, right. just a whole bunch of regular-ass people coming together to generate it on their own, yeah, I, that's only available by the Internet. And that's another reason, too, why it made me even want to go more heavy on crypto. Because the more I learn about it, it's like, so you're basically saying if decentralizing, because I see how centralization of the Internet has fucked up everything. Like how yeah. it allows disinformation to persist. It makes us all fucking hate each other. Certain things. Like, so th the idea that you'd want centralized control over that is, is to me a bad idea. And the same thing with the money supply. So making it so that the value of connecting this network is directly tied to wealth. And then all the wealth is secured and inter, you know, woven with those communications. Like, I don't know, man, it's, it's, it's crazy. I still don't think I understand crypto uh, as much, but I, I see it. But I, I think I understand it a lot more after being a stripper and to get all those little <laughs> bitcoins that they're giving away. Like, just watch these videos. We'll give you some for free. It's like, no, this this makes sense as like a more, to me, a more free and righteous organizing mechanism for information and wealth. So to tie it all together, I mean, it's genius, man. I, I yeah. get what, so when people say the Ethereum network, I'm like, oh, okay, I get it now. I get what you're saying. It's yeah. like a way, it's, it's how all these um, different computers are integrated and interlocked with one another to basically make, I, I mean, not make the internet, but uh, a, like a network, right? Yeah. yeah. Isn't that how it works? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. So the blockchain is, is a network and it's using the, uh, just the computing power and the storage and everything of the entire network to get the tasks done and shit like that and, and finishing the task, whatever business task that it has to do, solving equations and shit. That's how it makes or mines the fucking currency of the chain that it's operating on. The shit's though, I mean, it's, it's super technical, dope shit. I just like the fact that, you know, you can really spot some smart utilitarian spaces that need to be filled and if you yeah, invest in those the, the the coins are based upon philosophy and organizing mechanisms then right like Basically. that was my understanding of it like i can i can imbue values on this store of value based upon how it's created how it's managed who has access to it and so it's almost people kind of voting for what the most righteous or you know efficient mechanism is going to be and if your network is that it adds value to what's being found in 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 kind of promoting the interlocking of everybody's computers in this way is that yeah. is that kind of it yeah exactly I, I, if it feels so murky and gray but i get like a hint of it like ah oh, that's that's ingenious yeah it should, I, I love it dude I love it. And where everything is going right now is going to a place where uh, the fees are going to come down. Now, I think that's one of the best places to invest in right now is anything working or building itself to circumvent the fees and uh, scaling problems on Ethereum. 
I think that's where the big money is. That's where a lot of conversation is. A lot of people are trying to solve that because Ethereum shit gets out of control. They, I know Ethereum 2 is just now launching and shit, but Ethereum gets out of control, bro. It, it took me a while. I was trying to use my, I had some Tether, which is, you know, the Tether is the stable coin. So that one just stays at a dollar. And it's a good place to, uh, it's a good place to to hold your money when you want to have money in the system, but you don't want it sitting in cash or whatever, because you're going to have to use those exchanges. Let's say if you wanted to buy Spore or Eclipse token or something, one of those experimental coins early, you got to have one of those exchanges, whether Ethereum or Tether. So I bought some Tether a while back and uh, it was just sitting there. What I was using it for originally was to hide the profits. So if I could take some profits from say Dogecoin and I put them in Tether, Dogecoin can drop over the next few weeks, but Tether's still going to be a dollar. You know what I'm saying? So I get to get to keep that money in the system. So when I wanted to go use Tether to buy this Nephi coin, uh, the, uh, actually it was before Nephi, it was Happy Coin before that. And just to make the, tra- just to do the transaction with the Tether to the Happy Coin was going to cost me like a hundred and something dollars in, e- in Ethereum just to perform a transaction. And I was just like, what the fuck is that? So I said, okay, what if I uh, turn my tether into Ethereum and use the Ethereum to buy it directly? Okay, you got $100 worth of tether. It's gonna cost you 80 bucks in Ethereum to turn the $100 of tether into. I was like, what the fuck is, how how does that make any sense? How is this something that people are just dealing with? Maybe it's, it's my, you know, I got small money mentality. So maybe, Maybe in some world where you're rich, it's okay to pay $80 to, to, to make, to put a hundred dollars, like take a hundred dollar deposit. You got to pay 80 bucks to take, to take out a hundred dollar deposit. And that shit just wasn't making sense to me. So I left it around when Ethereum started to drop. Ethereum two is just coming out. So I checked it the other day when I was going to buy the Nephi coin and the transaction only cost me $19 in Ethereum. So I said, fuck it, I can do that. You know, I'm still buying a good amount of this Nephi. I'll pay the 20 bucks or whatever it was in Ethereum. So the things that's building themselves to get around that, the side chain, uh, layer two scaling, shit like that, they call it. That's where I think the next uh, pop or bull run is going to be at. In that space, Cardano, fucking Matic, shit like that. Nephi is also another one of them. So that's that's where I've kind of been concentrating my little investments uh at the moment i'm watching stuff that's trying to build on top of what already exists and just make it better and fix some problems that people are having yeah i definitely want to go heavy and uh i want to buy more cardano um polygon uh safe moon and spore yeah i gotta yeah. i my only thing is like with coinbase and i don't have it just on coinbase but it always kind of makes me weary like what the responsibility is and how you would even you know like if there ever ends up being a class action lawsuit like okay coinbase fails everybody loses access to their shit and you know it's crypto so it just disappears there's no way you know coinbase has something where you know they're they're a stop measure on you actually getting it you know what i mean like if coinbase fails how do you get your money okay well what you need is to invest in well that's why uh cold storage is what you need 
you got to invest in some type of wallet. It's, some of them look like little USB sticks, but they're digital cold storage. And you put your money on it, and you can always upload it to any exchange from there when you want to sell it. or do. The only thing you can't do is buy and sell with cold storage. Some of them do have wallets that come with it, like exchange that come with it, but you just want to hold it. So I use Coinbase. I don't use it as much as I used to because they got a lot of fees. If I can buy it someplace else for a better price, I usually will. But some sometimes, like if you go through Trust Wallet or something like that, the, the third party is going to charge you in the coin a little bit more probably than uh, than Coinbase would. So Coinbase is uh, usually a flat fee. So if you want to buy $100 worth of a coin, they charge you $1.99 or $3.99 or whatever it is, depending on how much. So they'll just give you that. Whereas some of the other third-party companies will charge you uh, 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 basically a VIG on top of what you're buying. So if you look close, they'll say, okay, you want to buy $150 worth of Polygon. So we're going to sell you $150 worth of Polygon, but Polygon is $1.68 right now. We're going to sell it to you for $1.70. And they just take some off the top. You know what I mean? So you got to look out for that, too, and see which one would be a better deal, because you might end up just paying more than, than to just pay the two ninety nine in fucking right. Coinbase fees. But other than that, if I do have to buy on coin, Coinbase, I usually move the coin. They make you keep it there for a week or something like that. But I'll usually move it. I'll send it to one of my other wallets, the ones that don't like something like a. Um, uphold or usually maybe trust wallet because trust wallet is mostly for holding you can buy in trust wallet but it's mostly for holding so i'll send it there and i'll just hold everything there and if i ever want to sell it i'll send it back to coinbase or uphold or wherever i want to sell it at but, but even cold the storage. cold storage like what if the there's not a chance that that fails no i mean it's just it's basically a usb stick and there's there's like two or three companies who are at the top of the top with crypto cold storage so if i was going to get it i would just go to them you don't want to like go on fucking craigslist and buy something right. and they, they put something on there they put a little app in there that sends all your shit to them or something like that but uh it, there's a couple companies that just have this shit locked and i would just go straight to them uh nano ledger is one of them that i see a lot nano ledger and they just have these dope little sticks you plug it in, you use it, you put all your coins in there. I'm pretty sure there's a phone app or something that comes with it. And you can always check your stuff and it keeps up with it. But those are the ones that people have had, you know, 3,000 bitcoins sitting on for 10 years. And then they dig it out of their closet and they're like, oh, shit, I can't remember the password. It's shit like that. It's like, but it's been sitting there for that long, you know. So cold storage yeah. is definitely where it's at. If you start worrying about these apps and stuff, stuff happening... Send them, get it off Coinbase right after you buy it, whether they make you wait a week, four days or whatever it is, just get it off Coinbase and keep it in some place a little bit more secure. Some apps I think are more secure than Coinbase naturally, but the most secure is going to be cold storage. Yeah, because I, I was thinking, you know, I'm not too sure what regulations exist, you know, because this is now a publicly traded company, um, how responsible that they are. You know, if you go to an investment bank and they fuck up your money, you sue them. You're protected. You know, what? You know when I read that Gemini um, thing, I was like, what? This is stupid. Because remember, I told you I saw that. I'm like, well, shit, you're going to pay me 7% interest? Yeah, I'll keep my shit over there. That's because I don't plan on doing anything with it anyway, but right. holding it. So if you're going to pay me 7% interest and I just plan on holding it anyway, then yeah, the fluctuations be damned. I'm always going to be collecting something. 
But then, because I'm the fucking, you know, OCD person that I am with ADD or whatever, I read all the terms. I'm like, shit, I ain't, I'm going to read every fucking one. I don't trust none of this shit. I read through it. It's like, yeah, you could lose everything. <laughs> and we're not responsible. I'm like, for 6%? For 3 Because all the not all the coins paid the same. It was some shit I never heard of, like Algorand or something yeah. that paid 7%. And then I think Bitcoin, they gave you like two and a half percent. Ethereum paid like three or four percent. And I'm like, well, shit, if you're paying me percent on it, I'll just keep all my coins here. But I guess they'd lend them out. And if they don't get it back, then you lose your money. <laughs> so, Fuck that. Yeah. I'm like, that's not, that risk reward doesn't make any sense. Yeah. There's one, there's one called Mycelium. That's an app for the phone. It's, a, it's basically a cold storage wallet. It's not connected to any of the things. It just holds your coins and shit. And I'm pretty sure you might be able to stake on there, too. Algorand, I like a lot. Algorand gives you daily um, daily drops for your 6% or 7 whatever it is, API. They give you daily drops for it. And you can get those. That's one of the good things about having it in uh, in Coinbase. I don't know if it reflects on But other... you're not risking it, though. No, no, you're no. Not yeah, you're not risking it. By... it. Being available, yeah. No, you just get that by owning it, just by owning it. I had Algorand for a little while, uh, probably maybe three, two or three months ago. I had it, and um, I was just holding it because it was stacking up, and I liked the look of it, and the price was good. And then I ended up using it to flip and buy another coin, and then it fucking crashed like crazy. So I got lucky, but um, it's still dope that it gives you daily drops like that. I, I do like that for the coin itself. So. Yeah, I'm looking into cold storage and shit myself too, because this stuff is starting to get real. And if things start popping off like I think they are, you know, with Matic and Ada especially, Cardano, I think, uh, yeah, I definitely want something that's a little bit more secure. And a lot of them do have cards coming out now too, uh, specific. But you you're gonna need a card for every crypto, so right. that that's that that's gonna get kind of weird quick. But yeah, buy it, hold it, make the money. Get that shit off Coinbase as soon as possible. <laughs> Just get it to Trust Wallet or, or something like that at least. Uphold seemed pretty secure when I went into. It took me a while. I had to upload the the uh, you know proof of ID and address and all of that shit too to Uphold. So I kind of felt like they were taking it a little bit more seriously because you know Coinbase don't give a shit. As long as you got a PayPal, you can start making money. Or at the very least, spending money. So that's the power move. Cold yeah, storage. I mean, I, I like the convenience of it. I, and I'm sure that they'll have to speak to that eventually if they're going to remain profitable. You know, yeah. like they're going to have to address people's concerns about what guarantees are. The government's already supposed, you know, going to be stepping in. So it'll be interesting to see how it's regulated and if it's going to be backed with the same guarantees as like the FDIC, you know. Dude. I'll tell you what Coinbase does need to do because it's a it's a, a dick move right now. They don't show you your cost averaging. So say if you buy Cardano three or four times over the next couple of weeks, they don't show you your average cost. You'd have right. to go into your transactions, see what you bought each one for at what price, and then kind of do the math in your head to figure out how far up or down you are. And I feel like that should be that should be baseline regular shit. I, I feel like yeah. you, you had to make a decision to not show us this information. Cause I think it makes people just buy more frivolously when they can't see when they're up and when they're down. You know, if they're way up, they might not buy as much versus 
fear of missing out so they buy a little bit more because you don't know your dollar cost average so i think that's kind of a dick move on their part to not show us that real simple equation there every other app that i've seen well not everyone but i've most of them have that feature weeble has it when you buy stocks so that should be a standard anywhere i'm spending money and holding and selling later anywhere i'm doing those type of activities you should be showing me my dollar cost average that's that's a bitch move I, I, I do get what you're saying, but I do think it was a conscious decision to get people out of the idea that it is a, a stock, but rather a currency. You know, right. like every time you get your dollars, it's not a concern for you how your dollar relates to the yen or the ruple or anything else. Like it's no, it's a dollar. That's right. it. I have this many dollars. I have this many Doge coins. I have this much Bitcoin. So uh, and if for it's not a concern for me because I. I don't plan on using it like right anytime within the next 10 to 20 years. Like it's just really um, I, the, the, the irresponsibility with the dollar and diluting its value um, that definitely feels better to have a different safe haven or a store of value other than just the dollar, you know? Yeah. So, and, and, and just also to the philosophy behind it, like, I don't know, man. It just it feels it feels like a a better way to manage energy and to quantify, you know, money than just the, the current shit. It it yeah. just it it seems like it's almost like a more principled approach. Right. I don't know. Yeah, and I like the the possibility of having ways to access uh different services and different opportunities with these other money. Like there there may not be a way Right. So maybe I may not be uh, able to go raise a hundred grand to do some business or or start some business that I want to start. But if I was smart three years ago and bought 500 Cardano, you know what I'm saying? There's a way to grow that into that amount of money. And I may not even have to transfer that into cash to be able to use it because so many institutions and shit like that, people are getting loans in bank with in banks with crypto collateral now. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just another way to access the wealth. That's the spirit of the age, getting this, these opportunities to more people, a wider range of people, starting to get people just psychologically integrated into this space of buying low, selling high, the arbitrage of it all. That's just something we need in the front of our brain. And they skipped us with that shit. They're not teaching people that in school. You know, we had to get it through culture just through the internet and, and the message boards and the talk. And that's how most of us got to it. So I think uh, having this at the forefront right now is just important. And more institutions are going to start taking it. Car dealerships are accepting Doge and shit like that now. It's just like, that's just amazing. There's no, you couldn't put, you couldn't put 500 bucks in a bank account and then wait three years and then buy a car with it. Cause it's going to be right. $507 three, three years later. It'll be if 515 bucks if you're lucky. So the fact that you can make that type of investment in these cryptos and shit and change it into the cash, like it's not even really changing into cash. Like I said, different institutions and shit are starting to accept this stuff. They're all getting their own cards so you can spend it directly from your pocket without doing no funny style shit or without having to scan a QR code to send it to somebody else. Oh, did you see the guy on the news? He was They interviewed him on the news. He's sent somebody 10,000 Bitcoin to buy, to buy two pizzas. Wow. And like, I forget I, what I year it was, that. 2005 or something like that. 10,000 Bitcoins he used. And the, and the guy bought him two pizzas and sent the two pizzas to his house. And he sent him 10,000 Bitcoins. 
And he said that shit would be worth about eighty million dollars at the height of when, when you know when Bitcoin really popped off. Right. Eighty million. He paid for two pizzas. <sighs> wow. That's it's a hard one. But we were talking about this last night about how um it's really difficult to see these things coming. Everybody wants to tell you that that perfect story of, you know, I bought Bitcoin when it was a fraction of a penny and I held it till it was 60 grand. That's very, very few people experienced that. People who bought it at fractions of a penny sold it at $3. The people who bought it at $3 sold it at $20. The people who bought it at 20 sold it at 100. Like nobody, not nobody, but very few people had the foresight to hold from 10 cents to 60 grand. It just, it, it just didn't, that's just not the truth. I would be it. amazed if anybody did. Right, right. People was getting rid of it the whole way up. And that's the same thing with the stocks. No, not, not many people are going to have the, the foresight and the trust in the system itself to just hold all the way up. People punch out, they cash out whenever they can. So we hear those stories and we all feel like, oh, we missed out. I should have bought this one. We should have bought Dogecoin six months ago. And very few people actually do that shit. But if you dollar cost average and you stay focused and you take in a little bit of fundamentals, sometimes it's a cool name and a dope logo, but you never know what it's going to be. So spread the money around and take chances. You know what I'm saying? Like this one I keep talking about. I feel I know I'm like fixated on it and shit, but Nephi, bro, like... I feel like what they're doing is going to be powerful. It's another Ethereum sidechain thing, but they were on the exchange. They're just starting to get on the exchange apps right now. I went and looked at it on, on Uniswap and it was already sitting around 15 cents on Uniswap. And I was like, holy shit, this ain't on no major exchanges yet where you can buy it directly. It's just only on the swap sites and it's already sitting at 15 cents or 10, between 10 and 15 cents. Uh, that feels powerful to me. Most of the shit that I see through the swap sites are are seven decimal points. So for that shit to be at 15 cents and it's not on any direct exchanges yet, I feel like it has a large potential to pop. And, and it's made by some of the same people who built Ethereum originally. So if you, if you do it through the swap sites, that means you have to use a different kind of crypto to buy that particular crypto, right? Yeah, usually so, it's Ethereum... So Mm -hmm. And There's where would it be held then after that? You get it in your wallet. It, it stays in your wallet. So you, you make the exchange on the swap site, but the swap site works directly through the, uh, the app that you're using. So if you're on Trust Wallet, there's a, a browser button at the bottom or a, um, a Dex button at the bottom where you can do your swaps and it opens up to Uniswap, PancakeSwap, Sushi, all, all of those. So you use whatever one you want, and it's still connected in the background to your wallet. So it's not you just going to Uniswap.com to start their purchase. It, right. it originates in Trust Wallet. So after the exchange is done, two or three minutes later, it pops up in your Trust Wallet. So even though you can't actually go and get these on like Uphold or Coinbase or Trust Wallet, it can be held in your Trust Wallet, but you couldn't like buy a spore and put it on Coinbase or on Uphold because it's not formatted for those coins. It'd have to be Trust Wallet. No, you can send it to anyone you want. They'll hold it. You just can't buy or sell it directly from those uh -huh. wallets. So you you'll see it, it on your Coinbase account, yeah. but you won't be able to do anything with it. Yeah. So what you can do... It. Mm. Right, transfer it. So what you do, what you can do is Coinbase right now. If you wanted to keep an eye on stuff, I I, do, I mostly do this with Trust Wallet because that's where you buy the stuff at. So it's easier. If I see something I like, I'll just go for it there. Yeah. But on Coinbase, you can 
you can turn on coins that they don't carry. So you search for it. You might have to search for it by name or you find the contract address from the website and you put that in the Coinbase and it'll pull up the coin. It'll show you the coin. It just says, you know, not tradable. So and you can add that to your watch list and you can still see the, uh, uh, the, the fluctuations okay. of it and oh. everything, the price and all that. You just can't do nothing really with it in Coinbase. So you have to buy. So anything that runs on the Ethereum network, you have to use Ethereum to buy it. Or Tether. You can use Tether, Ethereum, and I think Dai, D-A-I, a few other coins. But the mo the easiest one to use is going to be Ethereum and then Tether because Tether is basically a stable coin through Ethereum. So that works perfect. But it's still going to charge you. You have to already have some Ethereum to make the transaction. You know okay, what I'm saying? So, so theoretically what I could do, because see, I thought I had to buy a Binance coin to do it. But what, what I can do... Mm -hmm. Okay, my bad to cut you off, but there's two uh, different chains. There's the Ethereum blockchain and there's the Binance blockchain. So the coins that you want to buy, it's going to say BRC20, I think it is, or BSC20, and that's a Binance chain. And the Ethereum ones are going to say ERC20, and those are Ethereum. So you can only buy those. You can't buy an Ethereum chain with Binance, and you can't buy a Binance coin with Ethereum. You know what I'm saying? So it's so two separate two ones. totally separate networks. Right. But it shows you. If you go to the website or to, what is it called, the coin so, market thing that shows you all of it, it'll tell you right in the ledger. When you're looking up Spore, it's going to tell you this is the BSC or the Binance Smart Chain link or contract address, and this is the ERC, which is the Ethereum contract address. So you got to be on the, like Uniswap only does Ethereum stuff. PancakeSwap does all the Binance stuff. Okay, so um, would there be any advantage to owning the same crypto on two different networks? I don't know of very many that are on two, both networks. Okay, if, if so, any. Okay, so if you, well, I know you said on the one, you said you can either go to the Binance or the Ethereum 20. Oh, well, Binance 20. Spore. Right, to, okay, right. So Spore. You could theoretically own Spore on the Binance network simultaneously owning other Spore on the Ethereum network, right? Uh, it's on AVAX, which is closer to Ethereum, but it's called AVAX, so okay. that's their own exchange that they have, and that's where you get all the reflection and shit like that is on AVAX. But if you want, you can buy it just through the Binance smart chain and have it there. So I don't think there's very many coins that have both. They work on one okay. or the other, and that's the exchange that you need to buy them. Got you. So it would either be on Ethereum or on Binance blockchain. It's not going to be available on both. Right. Okay. Each So each one of these branded cryptocurrencies is already connected to one of the, like, daddy or mama coins. Yeah. Like it, yeah. Okay, got you. That's and the then scaffolding that coin of the establishes whole shit. the network. Got you, got you, got you. Yep. So that's, that's why it works. So, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think that there's a bunch of them out there that are going to be and you can usually tell by the websites, the white papers, how much information they have. Is their social media active? You could sort of tell how serious they're taking themselves. You know what I'm saying? And if it, if it really has real utility, then, yeah, I would I would go for it and get it early. Because, you know, like this one Nephi, by the time it gets to Coinbase, it could already be a dollar. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I, that's super impressive to me that it's 15 cents and it just really launched. I think and their initial launch sold out in seven minutes. And would you need Binance or Ethereum to buy it? To buy Nephi, you need Ethereum. Okay. 
and to buy Spore and SafeMoon? Spore is Binance. I'm pretty sure SafeMoon is also Binance. Okay. Yeah. So you buy your Binance and you convert it to Smart Chain. I did that in a Trust Wallet. You know, you can convert one coin to the other. So you buy your Binance coin. The Smart Chain is Binance just at a um, a more programmer level. It's not just this, the, the main coin. You take it down to the programmer level. It exchanges dollar for dollar so you don't lose anything in the switch. And then you go to Pancake Swap. Pancake Swap will show you all the coins. You know, I want to change my Binance Smart Chain to Spore. And you, you got to look up Spore's uh, contract address. And I would do that before because it's, it's so much easier. You go to your um, your coins, everything that you can see in Trust Wallet, and you add the contract addresses of all the shit that you're interested in. So it'll be there because it won't show it to you unless you add it. Uh, okay. So that would yeah. be the first step just go and add them all to Trust Wallet. Yeah. And, if, yep. and you could do it on Uphold and Coinbase as well. You can't do uh, Uphold. Coinbase doesn't have a DEX. For you to go do the swapping shit, but you can turn on the coins so you can see their price and see their uh, price activity. Okay, you can basically like a watch list, but yeah. you can't hold them at Coinbase N unless you send them. Okay, you send them because there's no way to access it through Coinbase. You can buy it in Trust Wallet, then you can send it to Coinbase if you just want to see it in there. But if once you have it in Trust Wallet, you don't really need to send it anywhere else because when it's ready to sell, if you wanted to sell it. You just go back through the same process. If the coin trust wallet, right? So yeah. say you wanted to sell it early, like that behind the scenes money. Nephi pops from fifteen cents to fucking eighty eight cents, and it's still not on none of the exchanges yet. I could go in there and change. I could sell a bit of, or not sell. It would be swap some of my uh, Nephi back to Ethereum, so I can take some profits. You know what I'm saying? I swap it back to Ethereum the same way I did when I was buying it. And that's how you would take profits because you still wouldn't be able to sell it directly because it's not on the major exchanges yet. But if in that uh, in, in the meantime, if it got changed, if it got picked up on Coinbase, then you could send it from your trust wallet to your Coinbase and sell it for straight cash. So you basically can grow your Ethereum by buying the smaller coins like Nephi. Yep. yep. And when they pop, change it back to Ethereum. But you're always going to need some Ethereum already in your wallet for the transaction. Right, because you're going to have to pay like a, a conversion some gas fee. fees. Yeah, pay the gas fees to use the network, which is what Nephi is trying to solve. Which I, that's why I think it's a fucking dope coin. Oh fuck it, I got to spend some more money. Nephi, <laughs> Stayphone, and Spore. So I need to buy a few Binance coins, and I need to add more to my Ethereum. Because I don't want to part with the Ethereum that I got. So I'll add some Ethereum just to have a little extra cushion. Yeah. Go get some uh, Nephi. Yeah, dude. I like that I one a lot. And there's not a lot of... Peep this. Okay. Peep the game. I was looking for information on Nephi the other day. I'm watching YouTube videos and all this shit. And I'm like, nobody's really talking about this. And with all of the, the, the traction that cryptocurrency as a whole has right now... There's thousands of videos of every coin you can think of. Safe Moon's going through the roof. It's about to hum 100x. Everybody's propaganda all over the place. I can't find much about Nephi at all. It's like very few videos. People are mentioning this or how to buy it, but they're not talking about the fundamentals. I'm not seeing no real breakdowns. That's kind of weird, but it's not discouraging me. I'm feeling like I might be early. Maybe it's just a right, the right time for me to buy it. 
So I go Google Nephi. I'm trying to find information about it. Not a whole lot of information. So I go to Nephi's website. And at the bottom of their site, they have a scroller showing who all their investors are. So I start Googling their investors. There's articles all over the financial space about those investors and how they're betting on Nephi and NAMI, which is the system that Nephi is built on. They're talking about it in the financial space as far as what investors are doing with their money, but it hasn't trickled down to the people who are talking about Nephi itself yet. You see what I'm saying? Like I yeah. found it looking for the big money. When you look for the big money, they all talking about Nephi. But when you just look for Nephi by itself, I couldn't find much. So I was like, bro, I'm buying it. Once I, that's what pushed. That's one of the things that pushed me over the edge and made me buy it. Like I'm searching for financial financial institutions now, and those articles are talking about Nephi. I was like, I'm in. Fuck it, <laughs> I'm in. YouTube ain't catch up yet. Hmm. Okay. It looks good, and it looks good. It's like real utility, same space. It's, it's matter of fact, one of the biggest, one of the bigger uh, investment corps that's involved with them. They spread their money across Cardano, Nephi, and Polygon, because but all I wouldn't, those things are approaching the same problem. But I, I wouldn't be able to use any of the uh, Ethereum that I have in my Uphold account to. Um, by Nephi, I'd have to put it in Trust Wallet. Yeah, because you can't uh, you can't do the Dex thing in okay. in um. But I couldn't just buy Ethereum in Trust Wallet. I'd have to send Ethereum that I bought somewhere else into Trust Wallet. Right. Well, no okay. Trust Wallet. You can buy Nephi. Um, you can buy Ethereum in Trust Wallet. You because can. The trust, yeah, it's everything is third party in Trust Wallet though. So when you make a when you make a purchase in Trust Wallet. So say I'm, I'm going to Ethereum right now, and it has a little okay. buy button at the top. When you hit the buy button, it shows you third-party provider is MoonPay. And sometime it'll be a different company. What's the other one called? Because I was that's where I first bought my Binance Smart Chain because I couldn't I couldn't get into Binance because they were so backed up on their referral. Their, uh, okay, their so I can buy Binance and Ethereum directly in Trust Wallet and just pay a third-party vendor, right. which is going to charge like what, 3%, 5%, 10%? Right. Of the right. transaction simplex is the one that i used it's either simplex or MoonPay. seems to be the two major ones that they use so everything's third party through okay. trust wallet but sometimes say uh are you on what's this uh crypto.com yeah so in crypto.com is kind of similar but when you try to buy ethereum and crypto.com they don't necessarily always open up a third party uh a third party application you just buy it directly through them. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, that's so how it is on Uphold. Yeah, you just buy it directly through them. But um, Trust Wallet is all third-party providers. Okay, got you. So um, the only way I would be able to use Ethereum that I already own in Trust Wallet is I would have to wait till the 60-day time frame or whatever that I have to hold it in, the current one, and then transfer it out to Trust Wallet Trust Wallet's the only place where I could really convert it into a safe moon or a spore right, or a Nephi. Right. Okay. right. And if you have more than you're spending, you can still do it. Say if you got $200 in Ethereum and you're only spending $80 on safe moon, they're going to use the rest of the Ethereum in your wallet on Trust Wallet to pay the gas fees. You don't have to send more. You know what I mean? Right. If, you, if, you, uh, if you're not using it all up, then you have enough to, to pay the transaction fees. 
And, and they're different at different okay. times of the day. So if it's high at noon, check that shit at nine o'clock at night. See, you know, see what it is then. So it, the prices change. You check if you're going to get a better deal from the third party sites than from crypto.com with their percentage or whatever, then buy it from them. Who fuck? You know, as long as you're getting a good deal. Yeah. Yeah. I think fuck. I'm going to have to drop. I'm going to have to drop some money on Nephi and Safe Moon and Spore. Yeah, because yeah, I prolonged on those. I jumped in on the other ones, but yeah, man, I like um, I like the growth potential, and I don't okay. I don't plan on you know if anything if if the shit tripled or quadrupled or whatever I would probably put some back in Ethereum, but most of it I would just I would just let it ride, man. Yeah, just hold it. Yeah, that seems like the move right now, because a lot of these things have potential. And uh, I mean, if we look at if you just look in Coinbase at the list of tradable tokens that they have, there's tokens in there. There's three thousand dollars that most people never even heard of. Don't know what the fuck it does. Never seen the logo before. And it's a three thousand dollar crypto token. You know, everything gotta... from a dollar fifty to five, four or five grand is sitting in there. Yeah, so... it, it seems super saturated. Like I was just looking at the coins that you could because you can't see them all. But the ones on Coinbase and Uphold that I was looking, I'm like, fuck, there is a lot of these fucking things. Yeah. Yeah. And some of them, but you never know. That's that's why it's good to know the fundamentals a little bit and see what the utility of it is. What is it even for? What, are, what problem right. are they trying to solve? And then you can just see how much information there is in that space. And if it's a problem that really needs solving or if they're just blowing smoke up a bunch of people's asses to get their money. You know, so... The biggest problem that I hear in all of this shit is Ethereum gas fees. That's that's the main focus. So many people got stories of, you know, I wanted to sell this and I, I made 200 bucks and it was going to cost me $98 to get the 200 bucks off the blockchain and shit. It's like that, that shit's breaking people's hearts, bro. So I feel like that's the place to invest in the solving of that problem. And there's a few other things, of course, that, that sound good. Some of them are just going to take off because they're there. You know, and then and by take off, I mean go from a dollar fifty to six bucks. You know what I mean? Not everything is going to be a ten thousand dollar coin, but you buy enough of them shits at a dollar fifty. When it pops to six, six bucks, you're looking pretty good. And, yeah, and I wonder how they're taxing it now. If they're if they're taxing it when you exchange between cryptos or only when you convert it into cash? Because I, I I don't I I would think that I'm probably gonna. I'm, I can't see me converting it to cash anytime soon. Right. So right. I think as long as you don't convert it to cash, I don't know. I got to look into that. Yeah. As far as I know, that's what it is. Conversion to cash is when. And even then, I, bro, listen, I ain't thinking about no taxes right now, to be completely honest. <laughs> they, I ain't thinking listen, about no motherfucking taxes, bro. They, if you if you get a sizable chunk of change, they, they, they're coming. They're coming. Nah, for, fuck that. It's going to be too late. As far as I know, it's 15%. Yeah. It's going to be too late because it's already it's tied up in investments. I learned that phrase already. That's what I'm going to say. It's tied up in investments, fellas. What do you want me to do? That's what the billionaires say. It's all tied up in investments. My salary last year was $12,000. I only gave myself twelve grand. That other $42 million is tied up in, in investments. What do you want me to do? Sorry. You get, you, they're going to give you a bill, though. You're going to have to at least make payments on it. It's tied but up but I, I like you for this once they let me know. <laughs> I'm not going to them. But once nah, they not let going me know, to... okay, you got me. Send me a bill, no problem. And I'm gonna keep it all the way real too. Um, I know this is. I'm. I'm sorry 
Rob Tangents. I apologize in advance. I know this is going to break your heart. But when it gets to that point, and it, and I think I'm going to be happy to pay them. Like, I'm not letting the taxes deter me from amassing multiple millions of dollars. Oh, no. no I'm yeah. going to hide as much as I can, allegedly. <laughs> I'm going to get as much as I possibly can. I'm going to keep as much as I can tied up in investments, allegedly. And the rest, yeah, I'll pay my taxes, bro. I'll pay my ta- I'll probably be paying more in taxes than I ever envisioned making in a year. But under this new paradigm that I've adopted, under this new uh, perspective and vision of the future, uh, you know, having multiple, that's just part of the game of being a multimillionaire. Yeah. I'm down. I'll pay my part. I ain't mad, yo. And I'm still going to, I'm still going to say taxation is theft and all that. I'm, yeah, I'm going to try to, you know, I'm, I'm going to make it to the place where we might have to fix this problem or really address this. But for right now, I'm just going to be happy I got so much more money that I'm paying taxes on it. Right. That's, that's still way that. more. That, yeah, that's so much more money than some people have, will ever have contact with in their life. I ain't mad, bro. I ain't mad. I'm going to be rich. and give a fuck. And rich people ain't worrying about taxes. They know how to play the game. And, that, and, that, and I think they respect it. I think that they made the game to be played. They respect it. What they don't respect is you getting a, a fake PPP loan and taking 40 yeah. grand and fucking, you know, like maybe that they don't respect. They might try to send you to jail. If you hustling a bunch of money and you ain't paying your taxes, you just running around willy nilly. Yeah, they might try to take you to jail. You talking shit on the internet about how you don't have to pay taxes. Yeah, they might take you to jail. But if you making a couple million dollars and you starting businesses and you opening LLCs, you're paying the you're government. An you're an upstanding citizen. <laughs> that You're Job not the crazy. one they want to mess with. Like, nah, I made all that money and I bought three more trucks. They'll be like, oh, okay. All right, I see what you did. We'll go get this other guy who's been, he took his PPP loan and bought everybody pizza and Jordans. You're going to take that <laughs> motherfucker to jail. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's not my business, bro. I'm going to just try to lead by example. But I'm happy to be in the game. Paying taxes is a part of the game. I'm happy to be in the game. And I got multiple millions that I'm prepared to make right now, so I ain't scared, bro. Yeah, I might have to, I might have to just wait till they come for me. I, I can't I, I can't argue with the logic, but just something something just feels terrifying at the prospect of it. And I'd probably be fine, but I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just the fear. The fear mm-hmm. comes upon me. Come on. Come for me. <laughs> come for me. I already got my shit ready. It's all tied up in investments. <laughs> 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 Listen, fellas, I understand. I get it. I get it. But it's all tied up in investments right now. I had no idea. I had no idea. I took my profits. I put them over here. Yes, I do have four accounts in Tahiti. I know. I know how that looks. But trust me, it's not as bad as it's not as bad as it sounds. Yeah, I'm, I'm such a fucking square, man. I'm already like putting aside money from what I've gotten so far, like in a separate savings account. Like I know I owe this for taxes. Nah, son. Fifteen percent, twenty percent. That goes in the ETF. <laughs> That's where that goes. That goes in an ETF, and the profits from the ETF pay the taxes. That's how we play that game. We don't just give them money. We put money in a place where it multiplies itself, and then we shave off the top. 
and pay him back. <laughs> Don't just pay him directly. Fuck all that. Yeah, I was holding your money for you, just waiting for you to let me know. It's been in the ETF. Here you go. Yeah, that's what that's what's been waiting for you at. I even have it. I have it marked in my phone. This ETF is called my tax fund. That's what I. <laughs> that's what I named it in my phone. It's good intentions I got here, fellas. Dude, I'm, I'm with it. I, I know how to play the game. I've been watching. I've been listening. You know, a couple of years ago, I was like, look at these sick bastards hiding all their money in investments. Now I'm like, it's all tied up in investments, sir. <laughs> but, then, but then you get to the prospect of you really start seeing some money and you're like, okay, eventually I'm going to get to a point where I have to pay half. I have to basically pay half. And that, I could see why that would feel a little disheartening. And again, it's more money than you've ever seen in your life. So it's, you know, it's an overall net positive. But just to know, like, fuck, every every dollar I make, I got to give away half. Right. That definitely makes me a lot more conscious about what the fuck we're doing with the money. True. True. Just make a bunch of money so you ain't got to worry about it. And and when they say pay half, they're really saying pay half on on your uh, on your income. Right. So what you decide to give yourself as a salary is totally up to you. And then you have assets, uh, you know, appreciating assets, hopefully, you know what I'm saying? You, it, it, there's a way to exist in that wealth and not to say that you should be circumventing. But I just I don't personally believe that the way the government taxes people is for the best in the best interest of the people themselves. I don't believe that. I don't believe that if, you know, more people you trickle down from the from the multimillionaires. I don't believe that if people who were making 80 grand a year started using those same tactics and getting offshore accounts and hiding their money and invest, I don't think that would change the real situation for the government. I don't think they'd be like, yo, we can't pave the streets because this plumber started investing his money rather than just paying taxes. Or or these 10,000 plumbers and electricians and fucking, you know, Walmart managers. And I just don't believe it would impact society in the way that they think. I think they're taking way more than what they need. I think they're spending way more than what they have to spend. We are fucking subsidizing crops that are getting thrown in the garbage at the end of the supply chain. We're doing a lot of stupid shit. Like I said, we're buying $50,000 Tomahawk missiles so they can sit on the side of a a million dollar Apache helicopter in a hangar for six months at a time or whatever. That This is what we're doing. And then, you know, you fly it out and blow up some infidels and all. I get it. I, I, whatever. But that the military industrial complex, they're taking... They're, they're taking way more money than they need. It's it's a laundering scam, allegedly. We all know what's happening. So if you got money to buy that kind of shit for never-ending wars, then, you know, you got money that you can fix other shit with without looking at regular working people who can barely survive. All of the fucking senators and Congress, all those motherfuckers are multimillionaires. Like, no, you're not going to trick me into thinking that me doing different shit with my money is going to hurt the world. Because it's not. I don't believe you. Not any more than you're already reckoning it. I just don't believe it. So I, I, I'm not that's everybody do it. <laughs> yeah, everybody should be doing it. We should all be doing it. And then, like I said, it'll be the same hand in a cookie jar thing. Either you're going to figure it out or we're going to burn the whole shit down. You're going to make offshore accounts illegal because regular people start using them? I highly doubt it. Highly doubt it. Throw your money in with those guys. You think you got an inside track? You're like, oh, this guy's best friends with the dude who owns the casino. Bet with him. Yeah. Put your money wherever his money is. 
So the casino either going to have to fuck over their friend and make him lose in public in front of everybody or let us collect our scraps. And for some reason, I think they'd rather let us collect our scraps. So let's go for it. Push it until they until it either breaks the system or we find a new equilibrium. I'm down for either one. I don't give a shit with that. Not scared. Not scared at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got the bloodlust, bro. I got the, <laughs> I got the financial bloodlust, bro. I'm not, I, yeah, fuck that. I'm about to give myself a suit. <laughs> I had to get a suit, start reading the Wall Street Journal at Starbucks. <laughs> fuck that, bro. I'll get this money. But yeah, man. So I'm definitely looking forward to the to this evening. We getting out tonight. Everybody, a bunch of people I know, a bunch of people we know, are coming out to have a good time tonight. We're going to see Dos Negros, which is a super awesome name for a band. I love Dos Negros just as a concept. That's pretty cool. Looking forward to it, man. I ain't been out in a while. It's been a, a good amount of time since we've been out hanging. Yeah, me neither, man. I don't think I don't think really uh, post pandemic. We've really gone anywhere. Like yeah. aside from like going to a restaurant or something. Yeah, yeah. I haven't done too much partying though, like shows and shit like that. I haven't done at all. I'm gonna have to get some uh, some audio footage from tonight and uh and stitch it into the show so people can hear what what we experienced in the real world. Oh, that'll be dope. Yeah, I have no. I'm not hip at all. I have no idea who we're we're seeing. So I'm just going because I was invited. That's it. I have no oh. idea what's gonna be there. <laughs> it seems like it's gonna be dope. It's like some African Orisha drummers, neo soul vibes, and you know, it should be dope. I don't know who else is rocking or if any, you know, but that's gonna be a great night. I'm gonna have a drink. I'm probably gonna be microdosing. So I I'm a, it's gonna be a great night for me. Yeah, I'm I I'm looking forward to it. Um my girl is too, since I'm a I'm a piece of shit and I never take her anywhere. So it's like, yay, we're finally not gonna just sit around here and not spend money. Hey, listen, that's that's uh that is sound leadership, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> that is very sound leadership, bro. We don't need to be out here patronizing these motherfuckers and paying ten times markup for alcohol. We can get drunk at home, and then we yep. don't have to make it back home before we bang. Yep. Once in, a, once in a while a thing so it's it good that a once in a while thing popped up so she was happy about that so yeah man definitely looking forward to it i gotta go transfer this money and buy some nephi you sold me on the idea i gotta own nephi i gotta have it i gotta get it <laughs> gotta get it bro yeah look it up too. hit the website you know read up on it peep some of the investors look at the names who are involved in the project see what else they've been connected to it feels good, man. I mean, the fact that it's, the, the price is what it is before it hit any exchanges is really promising to me. It could also be nothing. You never know. But it feels it feels promising. It's got that magnetism to it. For sure. That's the that's the power move. Everybody who's listening, go buy Nephi. Go He's not shit. giving financial advice. He's not a financial advisor. But still, it's a good that's idea. True. Sure. I forgot. See, see, what would I do? You know, I'd be screwed without the juice, bro. I don't. I, I just don't want it. I don't want you to open yourself up to liability. And it's a sound decision. I'm going to go ahead and do it. But, but I <laughs> but understand that what you told me, you've shared knowledge with me as a friend. In no way have you given me professional financial advice. It's. A, I have a clear understanding of that. That's beautiful. It's definitely not financial advice, no matter what. Right. Even though I said go, go buy Nephi <laughs> is not financial advice. <laughs> Because you got to keep all your millions. You already got to give up half when they come for you. 
when they come and politely ask for it and it's tied up in other investments. But there's no sense on giving away more on top of that because somebody tried to come up on a technicality. This is directly from Lunatic Stock Tips. (laughs) This is a subsidiary of Race Traders. Disavow. This is not financial advice. Allegedly. (laughs) Those are three things you need to incorporate to everything that you say all the time. Not just on a podcast, but just in, in everyday regular conversation. Most excellent. Most any any uh, wild shit happened this week that deserves mentioning. Anything good? Oh. Was was Alex Jones right about anything this week? Oh man, it's just all all the Anthony Fauci shit that's come out. It's it's redundant. It's 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 more it's more of the same. Uh, hell leashed upon the world. Uh, we <laughs> we we um. I mean, there's no way out of it. Like when China says that America is responsible for it. They're not kind. Of, they're not kind of, you know. They're kind of right. It was a joint venture. We, you know, we funded it. We knew about it. We were doing it. But I do just think it's hilarious that a, a year and a half down the line, literally everything Alex Jones came out the gate and said about it, um, and that everybody was banned for reiterating or pointing out, it's all legit now. Everybody's like, "Yep, I guess that's what it could be." You're right. There's evidence <laughs> of gene splicing. You're right. Kinda. You don't get his spot back. Nobody gets remonetized. It's just fucking. It's disgusting. But it's. It's. I'm. I'm always intrigued by how much people love Anthony Fauci. They love him. Why? Because he made faces talk- while Donald Trump was talking. I don't know. I went to. Um. I went to a barbecue yesterday, and the people. You know, it, it. People were like, you know, I. I don't know what to believe. I watch the news, and I just. I don't even know what to think. But there is like this universal thing of people just really like and nobody wants to believe that Anthony Fauci did anything wrong like everybody really likes him and it just it's it's now i just only make the distinction between people that are informed and people that are not informed but if you're not informed it's i can almost guarantee like what your sentiment is going to be about anything like if you're going to have a favorable look on it or not right so that's what people love Anthony Fauci. So when you bring up the idea that, yeah, you know, he, he's on the email. He already knew. He's already talking about it. What he said publicly was not at all what he knew privately. No, could not. He's a good guy. He's a stand-up guy. Yeah, great you don't guy. know him. You never met him. You never had dinner with him. What do you mean? You don't know who he is. So I got a, I got a text message today, this morning, from my libertarian friend. And it said, interesting timing. This is an article, by the way, article headline. It's interesting timing. Obama administration lifted block on gain-of-function research just 11 days before uh, Trump took office. And gain-of-function research is, like you said, the gene splicing shit that you can allow this virus to attach in places it wouldn't have been able to do before. So that uh, there was a, a ban on it up until about 11 days before Trump took office. <laughs> yeah. So it seems like, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist here, but you could paint the picture, right? Where, you know, you could paint a picture that as soon as uh, they knew Trump won the election, they started planning on how to destroy him. The minute mm-hmm. it was like, you know what? If he's going to be in office, we got to figure out how to fuck him over immediately. We can't just let him have his own presidency. We got to fuck him over. We got to fuck him over. I don't know why. Maybe, you know, so they could put Biden in later or who knows. But it kind of seemed, you know, because they said some spying shit was happening. And so if this was 11 days 
this is a pandemic being planned. Well, I, okay, you can't say a pandemic being planned. I can't say that. This is um, something that would easily feed a p- planned pandemic conspiracy theory because of the type of biological research that was banned or blocked that they lifted the block on 11 days before Trump took office. That that's you know that's enough to that's a that's a couple breadcrumbs. But I mean it's it's not just that it's the financial interests. You know Bill Gates' stake in Moderna, um, right. Anthony Fauci has stake in, in some of these vaccine companies, and from what I understand, he's the highest uh, paid public official that there is. And um, this gain of um, this. Um, uh, what's it called? Spike protein, uh, mRNA vaccine. Um, that's been on the works since AIDS. Like they were trying to find a vaccine for AIDS. So this is a lot of research and development money that hasn't paid off. And if you think about um, what was needed, like, okay, look, um, there's uh, a disease and you want me to be able to inoculate me against it. So you give me a little bit of the disease my body naturally creates, you know, whatever antibodies are going to be best suited to fight the disease. You teach my body how to fight the disease. Um, that's one way of doing things. But, it, you know, if we're trying to fight HIV, we're trying to have a vaccine for that. We're going to need something that actually deals with your messenger RNA and helps you create the protein right out of the gate to fight it. You know, so it's it's, it's like the next level of, oh, I don't know, that that feels like too much like you know, you're making people like GMOs. Like, that That feels like genetic engineering on a level I'm not comfortable with. Give me the disease I'm familiar with. Let me get the antibodies. Let me learn how to do that. So I kind of understand if you were trying to make people feel comfortable to just go ahead and take this vaccine that's been under development for decades, um, why you would need an event like this to make it happen. And if you think about it, yeah, people died. It was a hor- horrific thing. But it was also something that was kind of like a culling mechanism. I mean, if you if you were going to develop a disease, right, and you want to rule people, you don't want to kill them all, right? So you're not you're not creating airborne Ebola, but there's gain of function to enough degree that it is scary because some people get really fucked up. Some people are just fine. And it's yeah. really, you know, it's hard to figure out what the distinguishing factor is. Being fat definitely puts you more at risk. Um but um, and being older makes you put you more at risk. But for the most part, you know, healthy people were OK, but it was enough to make people so afraid that everybody's like, yo, we all got to go get vaccinated. And then the news worked. I mean, I, I remember at the beginning of it thinking the same thing. It's like, OK, even if I get it and I'm younger, I'm going to be OK. Like, I want to give it to, you know, my mother, or my uncles or my aunts or anybody else that's older, you know. So. Yeah. It's, it's a brilliant a bit of strategy if you've got all this money tied up in a vaccine that's never going to be allowed to get out. And then when you're trying to get it FDA approved um, to go, come to understand that there's a rule that says, look, if you got a legitimate treatment for something, you can't get an approval for that. Well, there's treatments for AIDS now. So even if you came up with an AIDS vaccine, there's a treatment for it. You know, there's treatments, life prolonging treatments that significantly improve people's lives. It's like, why do we need to get a vaccine for something that we know how to treat now? So there's been reports coming out that when people were like, yo, we're not going to give you hydroxychloroquine, even though some people did have some good results or did Dexam, whatever, some kind of steroid and some kind of zinc cocktail 
that people are having good uh, results with or even monochloral uh, antibodies, I think they're called. I don't know. But if they would have ever came out and said, look, um, these treatments are effective. Let's get them FDA approved. No vaccine. Operation Warp Speed doesn't happen. So it's not that Donald Trump got into power and like uh, Operation Warp Speed, let's just find a, a vaccine. This vaccine had already been been worked on. It was really just we need an excuse to be able to transition in the public. So we need a disease that we have no treatment for. And so my understanding is people died because some of these treatments that we know now, without a doubt, would have been effective. It didn't have any approval to administer. So some people didn't get the treatments and some people did. That's ridiculous. Yeah, this shit's too much for me. That's why I don't even pay much attention to it. I decided, I, like I said, I was on a cruise ship last year, right when this shit started. I came home and I was sick for three weeks. And after that whole period was over and they started saying what everything was, I was like, yeah, that must have been it right there. That was COVID. <laughs> so I just figured I had it already. And I didn't pay much attention to everything else they were saying. So. Yeah, all well, you, you just go get an antibody test. You probably did have, and you probably got the immunity. Yeah, dude, I was on. A, I mean, I was on a fucking cruise ship in February, twenty twenty, <laughs> on a yeah. cruise ship. So I mean, for it. it's, <laughs> it's like I went to get it, but, but no, there was there wasn't a lot of talk about it. Well, but right when I came back and I was sick for those few weeks, that's sort of when the conversation started ramping up, and I was like, dude, yeah, that was it, that was it. I had freaking COVID. So as far as I'm concerned, I beat it. With no, uh, with no help. With so I'm not, yeah, I'm not fucking with none of that other shit. I don't want to talk about it. They make it mandatory. We just gonna have to set it off. Yeah, you know I mean that's well, where I draw I, the line. Yeah, I'm I'm not down with the mandatory shit either. I, I'm I mean, but I'm also cool with just not going to shit. Okay, yeah. fuck you. I'll keep my money. Yeah, like you basically telling me to keep all my money. Well, yeah. fuck it. That goes right in line with every stereotype you could imagine. I'm fucking down to do that. So I guess I can't go to your concert. I guess I can't go to your theme park. And quite frankly, I don't give a fuck. I was never really interested in that shit. Facts. I'm fine with that. And I won't. I won't fly till I can buy a private jet. How about Flying that? sucks anyway. It does. Flying is the worst fucking. There's nothing prestigious or enjoyable about flying anymore. Yeah. All that's just, that's another kind of thing, like the movie theaters. There's like some 1950s like romantic envi- Like you go back to how people envisioned the ideal thing of movie theaters and pilots and all of that shit. It's flying fucking sucks. It's not a modern day marvel. It's fucking super uncomfortable. Yeah. Super uncomfortable. I'll take a train over a plane any day if I can. Yeah. yeah, get oh, yeah, up, that's walk around. Bad. You play cards. You got space. I mean, how fucking close you got to sit to people? Yeah, that's way better. The seats get smaller and more expensive every year. Yeah, man, and they're not they're not fucking with free food. I'm especially now if you got masks, people getting thrown out because they're putting the mask down to eat. This is <laughs> what it's terrible. Wait, so you, you get to you can? Uh, oh yeah, that's right. So you wear it. On the plane, but you can't take it off to do nothing like at all the whole time. Well, I guess there was some controversy because somebody said like I took it down to eat, and they're like, "No, bitch, you gotta go." Well, then gotta what are you go. giving me food? How much else am I supposed to eat it? Gotta go. Then, where? Then why, ain't we in the air? 
I don't know. There was people. There was people at a restaurant with little slits cut in the front so they could eat oh, yeah. without taking their masks off. I love that. Off. This, I love that. It, it, Alex, <laughs> look, Alex Jones is right, man. At this point, it don't even. It doesn't matter what your political persuasion is. Doesn't matter whatever conspiracy theories you believe. If the aliens are a hoax, it's Project Blue Beam, and it's just to get humans scared, or it's really the you know the mythical alien gods of the Bible. And they're going to check your browser history to see if you've been looking at any rape porn. Uh, and that's how you'll be judged, because all of your thoughts and history are cataloged in your browser. So who knows what the end-all conspiracy theory is, the grand unifying theory of everything, of how all of this works. Who knows? Who knows in charge? Who knows what conspiracy is true? I don't know. I don't know. All I know is nobody was allowed to report on Jeffrey Epstein, and still nobody knows what the fuck is on those DVDs all the thousands of DVDs that were confiscated. So there's definitely some sort of nefarious organizing mechanism behind the scenes that tells people what the fuck they're allowed to know. You can know about this shit. You can know about this shit. Bitch, do not open your mouth about Jeffrey Epstein and his egg penis and his <laughs> island of attractive underage massage girls. Keep that shit to yourself. But but I have all the documents. I've got all the receipts. This uh, This story has been vetted. No, bitch, you can't do it. You can't do it. And in fact, bitch, we're going to fire whoever we think leaked out this tape of you confessing that we want to let you do it. Keep your mouth shut, bitch. Or you're next, allegedly. Yeah, you know, it's like everybody just saw that and the dude killed himself in, in, in front of everybody, right? Allegedly. And there's, allegedly. And, there's, and, and the in, all the information organization, yeah, we had the story. Nobody was going to tell you. We can't let this out. Stop it. At this point... There's, you're better off being uninformed than misinformed with disinformation. Nobody should have any credit, no matter what you think, what your political persuasion is, or your conspiracy theory of what makes the world. You, everybody should be in agreement now that any and NBC, ABC, Fox, all that shit. That, no, there's no, there's no place to go there to figure out what really happened. You go there so they can tell you it's public relations. It's to tell you how you're supposed to feel about what's happening. Mm. And to the extent that we want to give it to you and how we're going to frame it. There's no true information there. If there's some real shit that's going to reveal what's going on, we're going to suppress the fuck out of that story. No, you cannot know. Bitch will fire you. It's facts. Alex Jones and was right. It seems like it. It seems like it. He sounded like a raven madman who was... A fucking loony. Kind of retarded by his own words is what he said. What he said. I kind of feel like he was right. Not about being kind of retarded, but about, about the other shit he was saying. Is he can't argue with it at this point. All so that banning from so should his ban from social media be rescinded? Yeah, I feel like he's old. I feel like he has a pretty solid court case now. Yeah. For all those other people that got um removed from YouTube. Like that that one uh, doctor, she was on Alex Jones. I forget her name, but um, because she talked about uh, hydroxychloroquine, they she was gone. Mm. Cool. But yeah, people probably got some some chunky lawsuits coming. Yeah, because if if you ban him for saying that he's uh, putting out false information, and then the shit turns out to be true, then I mean, it's only right that the ban gets rescinded. If not, you're just being a dick. And I feel like that would be a, a grounds for a pretty good lawsuit. So let's yeah, see what happens. 
Alex is smart. He knows what he's doing. Now this shit's coming out. He might just come back to Facebook. Like, yeah, y'all motherfuckers owe me twelve million for the time I lost. Yep. And he should Fuck. show up with no shirt on. <laughs> just to court, no shirt. Jacked up on supplements. <laughs> no shirt, sunburnt, jacked up on supplements. <laughs> Talking cash shit. I love it. He deserves it. He deserves his redemption. Wow. Think about the think about the the day and age we have to be living in when Alex Jones deserves his redemption. He's the arbiter of actual news. He's the arbiter of truth. He's the only journalist. And he's fucking out of his shit. In his, in his delivery. But the, the substance of what he's been able to dig up, uh, you, can't, you, can't throw it, you can't throw it in, in, in the garbage. You can't dismiss it. It's too many times now. Too many times. He's, he's been right and the news has been absolutely wrong. But he is a, a deranged conspiracy theorist. And people that read the news with nice haircuts and fancy suits, they're the they're the reliable sources. Okay. All right. I get it. I get it. I see how the simulation operates. So right. I know never to go to you for any kind of real information. But there's still value in going to you to figure out, oh, so this is what we're telling everybody. This is what's good. This is what's gonna be the official theme. Okay, cool. Got it. This is the official narrative. Understood. Yes. To be learned here, just remember that when you're looking at these people and you see how they represent themselves, sometimes it's going to be the clean shaven, uh, innocent looking person who is the Ted Bundy dangerous rape you kill you guy. And sometimes it's the old homeless man with a shovel that's going to save your life, like in uh, Home Alone. You can't always think the the ones who look like crazy degenerates might be the ones to save your life. And the ones who look like well-adjusted citizens could be the ones to wear your skin for a birthday party. You know what I mean? (laughs) You just got to know where you're throwing your cards down at, man. Because right now I'm starting to see a a pattern of these uh, clean-shaven, well-adjusted, you know, smart guys. They're starting to look a little dirty. They're starting yeah. to look a little bit. So maybe we need to change how we how we uh how we have this psychological aesthetic about people and start really looking at their actions in the world and what they're doing. Motherfuckers are dangerous out here, bro. Great. Fuck that. But I do I do have a, a small contribution today in the way of uh uh moments of practical mysticism. Just a little one for today. The idea that I wanna leave all of us with, including myself today, is about overseeding, overplanting, put more out than you expect to need or use, or just plan to have overflowing, lavish abundance when you're planting seeds for the things that you want to experience in your future. And the reason for that, I found a little proverb vibe thing a while back for farmers, and it said, uh, said one seed for the mouse, one seed for the crow, one seed to rot, and one seed to grow. And you notice that when you are growing in a garden, when you're going through these processes, not everything you put out is going to survive. 
So you plant two or three plants and something happens to this one. This one gets eaten or it doesn't rain for a few days. You can't water. Things happen, right? So what we've learned over time is that you over overseed. You plant more than you could ever possibly plan to, to have and use. I mean, within reason, of course. But if you think you, you want five or six tomato plants, plant 12, 15. Worst case scenario is you have an abundance of tomatoes and you got to figure out what to do with them. That's a much better problem to tangle with than not having enough. So I think we should let surplus replace scarcity as the new problem to solve. But what would you think about? What would you do? We think a lot about what we would do if we didn't have enough, if shit was empty and bank accounts were low and all of that. Spend more time thinking about what you would do if your storehouse was overflowing. I had to figure it out with our bananas and shit. Like I had to figure out what to do with all of this stuff. And that's a great problem to have to embrace. So if you want abundance in the future, if you see your future self being, uh, being having everything you need, I think one of the best ways to get to that place is to the abundance in your future is to overseed your now. Do more than you think you need to do. If you think you need to do fucking 10 push-ups a day to be the best self you want to be a year from now, then maybe you should be doing 15 or 20 or whatever the investment is in yourself, in your environment, just in your, your prediction of which, where you want to be in a few years, overplant, overseed. Trust me. Trust me. I think you'll get way better results when it comes to your harvest. But that's all I wanted to say for today. Over, overseed your, your now. Yeah, maybe I'll buy 5,000 Nephi's <laughs> instead of just 2,000. Just throw more Nephi seeds, get yeah. more ether, Ethereum yeah. harvests. I get it. I get it. Yeah, I'm picking see? up what you're putting down. See? I, I got a referral link for you, too. No, you go, send me the referral link. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we're doing right now in the garden, in the yard. I'm investing in more fruit trees. I'm just realizing how how dope of a process it is to just put more out. You know, it's just a better problem overall to have what am I going to do with all these tomatoes? Now I got to learn how to make sauce or give some to my neighbor or yep. whatever. Just, that's just it's a, a great much better thing. headspace. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we overplanting everything. Yeah. Plan, plan for preparing the, for, for the problem of what you're going to do with your surplus. Yeah. What, what a better place to have your mind working to solve a problem than to living in the fear of I'm never going to have enough. Right. Right. Powerful shift in perspective. You know, it Absolutely. came from from our garden experience, like a natural realization of it. But as for somebody who wants to change the way they're thinking and, and, and influence their results more, I think that's a powerful shift in perspective to put into action in your own life. Shit, it's working pretty damn good for me. So have some. Yeah, man. And and you, you probably need to up it to five hundred, man. <laughs> Three three hundred is selling yourself short. These are. You know, one Shaw Brothers bootleg DVD set sold at Sotheby's for four point six million. <laughs> Immediately is going to put it through, you know, twenty five hundred a pop. But for, right. you know, yeah, I agree. Just, just my opinion. It's worth it's worth five hundred. Five hundred is a steal. Uh, absolutely. Raise your prices, everybody. Ra everybody who hears this, whatever you're doing, raise your prices. <laughs> Just raise them arbitrarily. Just raise your prices. Yeah, whatever whatever it is, charge a little bit more. Yeah, you deserve and it. Give, give discounts for crypto. If you pay me in crypto, you get a 30% discount. I like it. 
I like it. We all need uh, blockchain domains anyway, so we can receive any any crypto we want. So that, that's it. Most people I know have had at least one dot com in their life. So if you've had one in your life, there's no reason to not have one that you own for life with no renewal fees. Blockchain domains, bro. Get that money. No matter where you at, who you know, you never know. Somebody might have something for you in the form of crypto, and you need to be able to accept those payments immediately. Get you Hell Hitter needs to feed this dog. <laughs> yeah, Hell Hitter definitely. Yeah, he's costing. She's costing him a whole bunch. What is it? Bolts? Was it like? No, who was it? Who was it? <laughs> Blondie's costing him a whole lot in in dog food. It costs a lot to feed a radioactive German Shepherd. Trust me. So yeah, man, I will let you go, bro. Enjoy the rest of the evening. I'm sure we well, we're gonna be linking up soon anyway. So we're gonna have a good time tonight. Yeah, man. Always a pleasure, man. Be safe. I'll see you later, man. Absolutely, bro. Bless. Peace.